No portion of this program may be reproduced without the express written permission of WQAM BZ Broadcast Group Incorporated. The biggest names, the best talent. And your home for Miami Dolphins. Hey, the jerk show is back today, okay? You excited about that or what? You gonna be listening? All right, you know what? WQAM. Miami, Fort Lauderdale. Lots of perks for jerks. Station stands for nothing. Absolutely. Look, if you had one shot, one opportunity to lose all the weight you gained last year, every pound with one program, would you capture it or just let your pants rip? Yo. Rotund and sweaty, big cheeks, uncharming belly, too tight in your sweater already, mom spaghetti, your purpose to observe it, that you're way too heavy to drop pounds, resolve that you won't be forgetting what you go down, must be kept locale, when you open your mouth, you really must not allow another dog with Kraft McDonald's burgers now, you can't run out now for Chinese takeout now, you're fat, that's reality, oh, it's good, <laughs> nope, don't need the calories, nope, you're so mad, <laughs> Okay, 1002 at 560 WQM. Happy Wednesday, too. It's a big day today. I think this is a big week. It's going to be it a is. big week. we got the ratings we'll tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow right. morning, and you got your free food coming tomorrow from High Life Cafe. You know it, which is spectacular. Which, uh, that'll be the party. That'll be the celebration right. for our big, gigantic, oozing ratings that we're going to have tomorrow. Maybe and maybe not. Let's Who hope. knows? Let's hope. Let's hope for some bonus money. Oh, Let's I squeeze some it. cash out of these miserable bastards. These know-nothing bastardos, baby. Yeah, so like I said, well, let me just mention this first. Then we'll get to my uh, two, three hours of bloodletting. Okay. Going to rip you a bloody ass, Jolly Joe, okay? And well-deserved, you and all your cohorts in this horseball company. I cannot wait. Believe you me, I can't wait for that day. Oh. Actor Brad Renfro found dead. Well, he was an old guy. He was 25 and had a history of drug abuse. Brad Renfro, an actor best known for his roles in the movies The Client and Ghost World, was found dead yesterday, according to LAPD. He was a ripe old 25. Renfro's body was found in his Wilshire area home in the thousand block of South Ogden Drive by his girlfriend, authorities said. Renfro had a history of drug abuse, was declared dead by paramedics at 9 o'clock yesterday morning. The cause of death yet to be determined. No suspicion of foul play. Renfro, a native of Tennessee, began acting in skits for the anti-drug group. <laughs> All right. The anti-drug group Dare at his school. He got a big break when the producers of The Client, the adaptation of the John Grisham novel, conducted a national search to find a fresh face to play the lead of a uh, role of a boy who encounters danger after he overhears conversation about a murder. Renfro appeared opposite Susan Sarandon and Tommy Lee Jones in that 94 movie. In 98, he won the lead role opposite Ian McKellen, an apt pupil. You got an apt pupil? Two of them. He appeared as a convenience store clerk with Scarlett Johansson and Steve Buscemi in 2001's Ghost World. 
Mm-hmm. Despite the promising start to his acting career, he was known for his legal troubles. In the late 90s, he was arrested for trying to steal a yacht in Florida. In December 2005, he was picked up by LAPD during an undercover drug sweep of downtown Skid Row. The LAPD had taken the Times reporter and photographer along during the sweep, and a photo showing Renfro being arrested by two officers was featured on the newspaper's front page. He told a detective who arrested him he was using heroin and methadone. Oh, well. He ultimately went in drug rehab, pleaded guilty to the attempted possession of heroin, sentenced to three years probation, and now he's dead. How do you like that? Can I be very honest with you about him? Yeah, of course. I never heard of him. Well, you saw that movie. You hated it. I saw what movie? Bully. Bully? You saw Bully. You ripped it. Bully, you hated bully? it. Yeah. I did hate it. Yeah. So I, I don't remember you know why. Why did I hate it? Because it was sad and morose and uh, just depressing. Like my life. And apparently you didn't like anybody in there. All the teenagers were pretty much naked Ugly. the whole movie. Yeah. yeah, and you didn't like any of them, including him. Unlike so. a lot of those shows on MTV I'm noticing now. Holy Oh, Lord. yeah. Wow. Yeah. What's with these new shows on MTV? Wow. Oh, my God. They've been uh, taking. I saw page. some people on there yesterday. I want to just climb right into the TV screen. Let me in there, okay? Uh-huh. Let me take a squeeze, a feel, a grab. Wow. Woo! Yeah, see, I used to knock MTV for not showing videos anymore, but now that they got these shows on there, and I really shouldn't have done that anyway, because that's back when they had Real World and Real. Uh, mm-hmm. What was the other one? Road uh, Road, road r- Rules. All road, these. Uh, all yeah, these. All uh, good uh, shows. All of these things. Hot young naked people. That's but anyway, it. here's the uh, poll from yesterday. Let's uh, get off of that real fast before I start thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good sign, though. That maybe uh, my life is coming back. I'm starting to think about things like that. You know what I mean? Like that. Woo. Count them up. How many states, including Florida, have you been to? That was our poll question yesterday. By the way, don't waste your time calling today. I notice the line is ringing now. Don't waste your time because nobody's going to be answering it. Unless Chris wants to talk to those people. No, I'm good. You sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Well, they, they're they lonely. They want uh, no somebody to talk to. It's not going to be me. Call 411. Yeah, call call up uh, uh, Tootsie over there in IOD. Call up Tootsie. I'm sure he could would appreciate your call. Or wait and call later on uh, the jerk show, okay, because we don't have too many people inside the building who want to do these fake scripted calls. So those calls are scripted? They tell them to call in and then uh, tell them what to say? Yes. That is... You don't have the latest Boca Brian bit on the issue? No, I don't have any from him yet. Let me send it out. It's not here. Okay, well, it might show up today then. He might be uh, a day behind. But I have it if you want to play it after the next break. It's funny. Really? About what? Fake phone calls? Yeah. Thereabouts. It's, uh, you know, it's another show. That goes to show you how far we've fallen under your regime, Jolly Joe, okay? You know nothing about radio, nothing about talk radio, certainly. Nothing about broadcasting. You're just a jerk. You're just a big, fat, backstabbing jerk. But other than that, have a nice day. A know-nothing. With a bad temper, too, by the way. Ah, you little bastard. Ah, you bald-headed. All you do is write about your friends. Yeah, we have a crazy person at the helm, but nevertheless. Count them up. How many states, including Florida, have you been to? 11 to 20. 383. Boy, our audience has sure got around. Only 2 to 10. 271. A lot of numbers on this poll. I mean, you know, who can keep track? 21 to 30 states. 256. 31 to 40, 163. 41 to 49, that's me, 126. I've been around, baby. I've never left Florida, 14. How very tragic. I've never visited the U.S., 11. All of them. I've been to all 50 states, 10. And I've never been outside the Deep South, 7. That's the poll result. 
Well, look at that couple lines ringing. Boy, I guess they're a little slow on the uptake. Nobody is going to answer them, okay? Nobody, although I might just uh, reach up there and uh, knock them off. Did you see the way I did that very skillfully? Yep. I just punched them up and punched them out. When in doubt, punch them out. You're gone. You're out. I'll get into a whole song and dance about that in a few minutes. Oh, after you play that great... Why don't you play it now? I want to make sure I got the right one. He gave me a whole stack of discs over here because I haven't seen him lately. He gave you a stack of discs? Well, he hasn't sent oh, me nothing. Well, no, this is the, the backlog. This is a lot of stuff that you already have except for the one. Oh, I see. I, I think well, how this come is I don't it? have the one? Well, I'm sure it's in transit. I'm sure he's on there ch- tracking his FedEx right now. Oh, it's downstairs now. Yeah, just calm down, Baldy. You got your check. Just shut up. Okay, what do you got? One moment, please. Your call is important to us. All right, here we go. Long yardage to go and many games away. Shaq Vader said, Alonzo Lou, I'm your sport hole butt baby. Help, we're under attack from the anti-sports breeders. The sports is with you. <laughs> we need another sound effect here. This button here? Yeah. Awesome, dude. Buck wild, baby. Buck wild. <laughs> Welcome to the Jason Jackson Lee Show, where here's a little bit of the heat stats. Uh, Wade, uh, 27.25, uh, 38.3, uh, 3%, uh, 158, 742, Ricky Davis, uh, uh, Wade, uh, 27, uh, 25, 38.3, uh, 0.475, uh, 0.458, uh, 0.758, uh, 0.752, uh, Shaq, uh, 29, 29.28.4, uh, 3.004.80, uh, 7, uh, 0.80, 66166, uh, 297, uh, we got a little bit, uh, uh, Udanis has a you, Dennis Haslam, uh, 35, 35, uh, 37.9, uh, 0.72. Uh, the, uh, 2.20, uh, 1.5, 0.91, 0.43, 157. 21.3, uh, the, uh, 0.50, uh, SPG, uh, BBG, TOPF, uh, BBG, uh, 0.16, uh, a little bit of a 1.68, uh, 3.7. Uh, averages uh, last night's game for Alonzo was uh, 25, 15.6, uh, 0.457, uh, 0. 0.00, 0.592, uh, 1.40, 0.40, uh, 3.70, uh, 0.316, and uh, PBG was uh, 8.1. Uh, let's, uh, let's go to a little bit of the phones, shall we? Uh, the lines are really smoking. Uh, you might uh, have a chance to get in if uh, you move quickly. Uh, five, six, seven. Whoa. Anonymous caller from inside the building. Hello. Oh, great show, Jax. Oh, 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 oh. thanks. Hey, how about those dolphins, huh? Why, it's a regular wall of football. And a follow-up, uh, are you okay? I'll hang up and listen. Oh, uh, yeah, the uh, dolphins. Sports. Uh, uh, another anonymous caller for a little bit from inside the building. Hello? Yeah, how about them heat? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah the, the heat. Uh, sports. Yeah, wait, uh, wait a minute, by the way, something. Yeah. Are you a black man? I'll hang up and listen. Well, let's not get into that only sports related. Uh, sports is allowed on my show. Uh, because nothing else in life matters, uh, the, uh, you want to be a little bit involved with the show. Uh, put your fleets on and uh, drink the fun. We'll be back with a little bit of the words that are new, no less than seven. Uh, Joyce approved ED ads that will make you stronger <laughs> and longer. Oh. All right. Indeed. 
Yeah, there was a little bit there in the middle of the numbers that may have been a little bit. Well, that was uh, accurate because that's that's what he reads over the bongo drums is the heat stats. He just oh no reads the stats. No, yeah, to go top no. to bottom. Please, that's... please say it isn't so, Joe. Chris, no. I guess I haven't paid that much attention to it. Well, what does that mean? You haven't paid that much attention to it. Are you telling me that you're not listening religiously? What kind of a schmeckle are you anyway? I got so he reads the heat stats over the bongos. He's back today, by the way, the jerk show between two and four, man. Then we got Mad Dog four to seven, who's like an island now. He's just a poor, poor Mad Dog. Then you got your Dolphins All Assets from seven to nine with John Linder and Toy Dreamy or a cup and nine to midnight. It's the Beast, who's probably still waiting around to see whether that guy from Kansas City is going to show up or not next week. That's supposed to be very soon, isn't it? I guess I, thought, I, don't I thought it was January twenty tooth, which is next uh, Tuesday. Well, we'll see. Stay tuned. Biggest names. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. Lord even loves Neil Rogers. Way down south, where the mugwumps go to hang from trees and play banjo. You got some who own a station on newfangled radio. Now as North Carolina goes... Raleigh's a big city, you know, and that's where the Beasleys had to go for Jolly Riley Joe. <laughs> a new GM, he'll do what he can. Shake your hand like a friend, then quickly walk away. Absolutely. They had Joe go to 560 with ratings and the toilet bowl to get those. Flaming sport homos in order and control. And then so, Jolly Raleigh Joe, a buckular and in the know, he lets Mo go. And here's what blows, gives Geldy his own show. <laughs> He'll make a big change and rearrange. It's worse or the same. He hasn't done a thing. For what goes on the air at two, Joe don't have a stinking clue about a four. Not that essentially blows sport all radio. You fairy. The GM of 560, Jolly Raleigh Joe. Okay, 1018 at 560 WQM. Let's take a puke at today's poll, which, uh, I don't know, I don't know why I did this one. I just made it up. Okay. I just wonder what these people think, because they, the media, the MSM, continues trying to portray this guy as though he's kind of like some credible candidate. And even the conservative Republicans, most of them, except for the real Bible thumpers, uh, they don't want nothing to do with Mike Huckleberry. Last night, again, he came in a distant turd in Michigan. Distant turd. Even among the conservatives. Well, the evangelicals. Well, you know something? The evangelicals can rot in hell, and if there were such a place, you can be damn sure they'd be there. The finger-pointing, bigoted, hateful evangelicals should only rot a wicked death, just like Jolly Joe. Anyway, here's the poll. What's your take on Mike Huckleberry? Huck Huck uh, I can't even say it anymore. Huckleberry, hound. He's a religious nut, 226. No chance, 158. That's correct. Thank God, no chance. Dangerous, 143. Our next president, 31. <laughs> right. And a true believer, 24. Of course, we know what he believes in, bigotry and hate. But nevertheless, 584 vote. You'll never make no thousand today, mister, I'll tell you that. That's because I put this on there, I don't know, fairly late yesterday. 
Slacker. I was busy watching a hockey game. Leafs finally won a game last night, which isn't going to prevent some people from getting fired. And I was watching the debate last night, which uh, it was like a cream puff debate. I mean, it was pointless. They just all kissed each other's ass and sat around and made nice, you know. And, and Kucinich wasn't allowed in, which is good. Weed out some of these people that don't get ten votes and uh, cut the crap already. Over. I, but it wouldn't have made any difference. Okay, let's get to the uh, meat of the matter, okay, and the fact that today we're going to, I'm, I'm not we, I'm making a change on this show. I'm taking the show back. And okay. all this crap about, Genio, what happened to the show? I'll tell you what happened to the show. It wound up on the wrong radio station. That's what happened to the show. <laughs> well, you know it's true. It's funny. Cause it's Somehow true. we've survived more than ten years on this station, and, and very well, too, by the way. We made them a lot of money and mm-hmm. had big ratings, and, and in return got a kick in the ass. A stuch. Right, exactly. That's precisely what that means. A stab in the back. Because that's the kind of people we're doing business with. Now, I've been doing talk radio in this market for 31 plus. In fact, it's almost coming up, but you realize it's almost 32th anniversary on uh, March 1? March 1. Coming up very soon, Mm -hmm. almost 32 years. So I know just a little bit about it, maybe a little bit more than some of the people who are running this operation. See, if you had been successful, then maybe you could open up a big Yeah, right, that's right. But at any rate, we wound up on here, and then, uh, of course, and I've been doing the screenless thing, this crap about, well, if you'd screen the calls, and you know, it only marginally makes a difference, because when yeah. people are determined to get on, by hook or by crook, right. they'll uh, you There's a will, it. there's a way. Yes. So I've been doing that for a long, long time, without an awful lot of problem, and then, I don't know, how long ago was it, about a year ago, whatever, however long it was, during the, ra- the reign of Jolly Joe. They're like uh, three or four lunatics that basically took over the phone and just on and on and on and eight million times a day. Ah, Prozac, Prozac, I'm your friend. You know, that one and then his uh, boyfriend there and rattling pots and pans and then the dumb, fat, homeless chick that called in yesterday uh, on their mm-hmm. behalf mm-hmm. sitting there playing pivot girl in the middle of that mm-hmm. routine. And then, of course, uh, Reverend Jones and the boyfriend, about a half a dozen people. And I uh, almost... In tears, I can't tell you how many times I had the conversation with Jolly Joe about doing the things that are necessary to weed these people out and get them off the phone and to salvage the show. Well, I don't know what to tell you, Neil. And then, of course, we heard about Joe with his private investigator, which, of course, amounted to a pee hole in the snow and nothing. Because this company and this management are doing not forget about promoting the show. They don't promote anybody. So why should we be any different? Right. But to support the show, nothing, zero, zippity doo And to me, support isn't saying, oh, I don't know what to tell you, Neil. Well, who are you if you just screen the call? Yeah, you're an idiot, Joe. You know nothing. In fact, this company knows nothing about talk radio. All they know about is ball games. That's all they know. We're going to build a wall of football. Yeah, you ought to, you ought to hide behind a wall of football because you know nothing about the broadcasting. Nothing. Zero. zippity doo and so basically, uh, you know, they, they set out to destroy whatever we had on the show. And then, of course, that compound that with Joyce and the fact that we can't say this and we can't play that and uh, no more fart sounds and, uh, you know, whatever they can do to destroy the show. And when my, my erstwhile attorney slash agent, who fancies himself quite a uh, bon vivant, Norma, El- Norma Elliott Kent, when she uh, came up with that line a couple of years ago about Joyce, well, she'll do anything to, do, uh, to hurt your show. Well, that's great. Let's sit back and w- watch the process take place. And it has. It has. It has unfolded to what it is now. And the last two days, I mean, you know, it was my choice. I could have stopped taking the calls at any point. But I figured, well, let's, let's uh, run to the table for the two days. And you heard what we had. 
Because when it starts out with three or four, then all, then all of a sudden it becomes like an epidemic. And the idea of calling uh, of a phone call on the Neil Rogers show is make a noise, make a sound. Ah, Jolly Joe, blah, 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 my name is Joe, uh, whatever the hell that guy says. And now, now we've got 20 of them. And, of course, the South Florida audience has nothing to say anyway, and they haven't had anything to say ever since we've been on this station anyway. Nothing. Zero. Zippity-doo-dah. So the fact that there are like, you know, 15, 20 people out there who want to destroy whatever is left of the show and destroy, you know, my life and my career, I'm not going to sit back and allow it, okay? I'm not that stupid. I don't have okay. the much of a death wish. I have too much self-respect to sit here and turn the show over to the phone. You can take the phone, Jolly Joe, and stick it deep inside your blood-ridden fat ass. Right. I'm tired you of having a discussion do. with people, uh, you know, at the appearance. Like, Why did you stop taking calls? I like the calls. Because they suck. Right. I say there's what the calls should be and what they are. That's what they people used to be and what they are. People who know how to do talk right. radio, people who know how to support the talent and the shows, they know how to deal with those problems. This company doesn't want to, oh, gee, somebody might sue us. Somebody, yeah, right. Scared of their own shadow. Like I've told you before, this present regime, they don't compete. They don't know how to compete. The only reason the guys across the street are imploding is because of their own ineptitude. Because they also have a jackass running it across the street who gets pissed off and beats up his girlfriend. Who talks a big game. Oh, we need Neil over here. Yeah, you, the chance of my going to work for that jackass on a scale of zero is minus infinity at any price. Hey, I don't care if he's a girl beater. He's got the same mental illness as these people. What would be the point? In, in addition to which, uh, the, the stories are he's bailing out of that deal anyway. They've lost as much money as they're willing to lose, and when in doubt, they're going to be bailing out. That's the rumor. Anyway, they could have made we, some we money. Started. That was in right. very jackass, and he knows his crap. Believe me, crap is very his middle name. Look at the way those phones are just blazing away. I guess they don't get the message, huh? I guess not. Let me just reach over and shut the monitor off so I don't have to be distressed and look at that. Because we know who they are. Those are the oh, same. Yeah. Uh, Prozac, Prozac, I'm your friend. I'm your friend. Uh, Ron, nope. I Ron. My friends, I don't Jabba, call. Jabba. my friends don't call on the radio show. I beg your pardon? My friends don't call me on the radio show. No. No, I don't know any of the people that call either. Right. Well, once upon a time we did. But right. once upon we, a time we both have friends. See, station. they don't call us at work. No, but I'm talking about people who were friends of the show that we used to meet at the appearances and people mm -hmm. we wanted to talk to. That was in a different era, on a different station, at a different time. Mm-hmm. This is world. not a talk station. This is, in fact, you notice that they refuse to ever change that thing. Your sports, uh, what do they call it? Whatever, whatever they call it. Sports radio. And that's right. Sports it's not leader. Radio. Sports leader, which doesn't even make sense. That's not even English. Sports leader? What Take sport? Leader. What sport are they leading in? You want to know? I think you oh, I, I do know. Yeah. Yeah, tonsil hockey. 601 votes on Chris's poll. He's pretty pumped up. He thinks we can get to 1,000 today. Not. Oh, yeah, of course. No, you don't. It's all your fault. It's my fault. Tomorrow we got the ratings coming out. It's going to be a big, big week. So like I said, uh, call up Tootsie, okay, Footsie, whatever his name is over there, because we ain't going to be talking to him. I want to bang you in the butt, honey. Mr. Butch, you were a total alcoholic during 2007, weren't you? Yes. <laughs> I was drinking Jack Daniels all the time. Drugs and alcohol over and over again. And you realized you really had a problem the night of the White House Christmas party. I had a little too much to drink that night. Oh, yeah. Beer and uh, absolute. You tore off Condoleezza Rice's clothes on the dance floor. <laughs> she is a fabulous piece of ass. And not only that, you got sick 
all over Dick Cheney. <laughs> and I made up my mind right there. I was going to quit drinking. So, your New Year's resolution for 2008 is to get off the sauce. You bet. Today, I am sober. <laughs> That's great. I look forward to picking my nose. Oh. Peace out. <laughs> 1032 at 560 WQM. It's official, says Armando Salguero Tejero. Tony Soprano is the Dolphins' fifth head coach in five years. You excited, Chris? Extremely. We're going to call him Tony Soprano on a show. I'm sure a lot of other people will, too, because yeah, why not? You know, I'm not going to. You're not going to call him anything. Right. Call him up now and invite him to dinner. Sure, I'll invite him for lunch tomorrow. Club owner Wayne Heisinger, who officially offered Soprano the job, left the team's practice facility at 9.40 this morning. And how come we're not having a big press conference? Because it says details on the new contract are going to be ironed out, and tomorrow, uh, well, whatever. But that's the deal. It says he endured a breakneck day yesterday, finished up some Cowboys minutes at the team's Valley Ranch facility early in the day, rushed home to change, pick up his wife, and then met Dolphins general manager Jeff Ireland, the new GM, Got onto one of Heisinger's jets to South Florida, boarded it in one of his jets, boarded an Aventura limousine Denali upon touchdown, was escorted to dinner at... Oh, he wasn't in a uh, Cadillac Escalade like Brittany. Well, shame on you, Wayne. Was escorted to dinner at Grill 66 on the Fort Lauderdale Intracoastal. Was that what used to be Pier 66? <laughs> Met Heising and other Miami brands for the first time, was escorted back to a local Renaissance hotel where he sting and got tucked in by Bill Parcells himself. Ha, 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 I can just see that. He got tucked in by the tuna. Ever get tucked by a tuna? Not lately. But while Parcells didn't tuck in Sperano, he'll be pretty much one of the first faces the coach sees every morning. But a beep, but a boop, but a bop. And Armando goes on and on and on with a lot of boring stuff. So there's your new Dolphin head coach, and you heard it first right here. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe they're all over to cross the street like stink on uh, Joe. I don't know, have any idea, and I couldn't care less. You notice, though, that they didn't interrupt for a big press conference or a major uh, breathtaking announcement. Did Joe have this on this morning? I don't think so, but I don't know. I don't hear the last hour of the show, so. You don't think so? Well, how do you know? Well, what does that mean, you don't think so, based on what? Based well, when, when of... did that story hit the, uh, the net? It's on the uh, Herald website, and it says 10.29 a.m. So he probably didn't have it. Yeah, but Wayne left the team's practice facility at 940 this morning with all Joe's inside contacts, man. Joe still takes showers with Dan Marino. You do know that. I do now. In fact, Joe Rose is on our MySpace. Did you know that? Uh, if it's really him? Mm -hmm. well, well, I think Zach runs that page. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he's one of my friends also. Are you serious? Mm -hmm. as, as of when? I just got the friend request a couple days ago. Mm -hmm. Also, recently. Really? Well, how, come how come he doesn't write me something like, boy, what a shame you guys are getting screwed over, and I'm sure going to miss That's you when I, I don't put think the he, gravy I don't, he, he might not even be aware of the existence of that page. What do you mean by that? Oh, in other words, it's Zach, a promotional he page, like the same thing that Miguel did with you, you know, for the show. Mm -hmm. Well, Zach won't, uh, he won't write anything. Sure he will. You know, he will not, sure because he he's all bent out of shape because he's ripping the Patriots. Uh, and, uh, you, know, you know, Zach. Zach's in addition to which, he, he suffers from that uh, new motto at QAM. You know what it is? The Jews lose. Mm-hmm. I got some good news for you, though, for um, for the world. Some good Jews? Not Jews. Barack Obama has erased a once substantial deficit to climb into a virtual tie with Hillary Clinton in the nationwide Democratic presidential race, according oh! to a new Reuters Army poll released today. Among Republicans, John McCain charged to the front of a shifting presidential field, shooting past Mike Huckabee in a fading Rudy Giuliani. Nice strategy there, Rudy. He's counting on Florida. I could have told you about that myself, Rudy. Don't count on Florida. 
as the opening contest of the 2008 White House campaign dramatically reshaped the races in both parties. Call them when the party starts, okay? We got the big Nevada caucus on Saturday, and the Clintons are doing their dirty work trying to keep the uh, union people from, oh, brother, just, you know, really sad. When the Republicans were doing that to Democrats, then it was swift voting, and it was bad, and it was evil, and yada, yada. But now that the uh, Clintons are doing this crap on Obama and everybody else, well, that's okay. It's good politics. Slime balls. And I used to like him a lot, as you know, but uh, I've, lost, I've lost most of my respect for Bubba. Yeah. Am I allowed to? No, are you eating now? I am eating now. Well, is this practice for tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Heading into potentially crucial Nevada, South Carolina, and Florida, the campaign to choose candidates for the November election to succeed, Bush has shown deep volatility, it says. Wins in Iowa by Obama and Huckabee gave both candidates jolts of momentum in the race. But the momentum was short-lived as uh, New Hampshire comeback wins by Clinton and McCain. Uh, five days later, set up a potentially lengthy Democratic and Republican nominating battle. This is the definition of a hard-fought race, John Zobby said. Poll was taken on Thursday and Friday before he, uh, last night's Michigan Republican primary, in which Romney beat McCain 39-30. to 30. Huckabee came in a distant third with 16 points. A distant third, Huckleberry, hound, Bible-thumping jackass. Oh, forget the Constitution. We need to have the law of God running America. Yeah, maniac. Another crazy Getsky, okay? Put him away. Put him in a padded cell somewhere. Democrats also held a make-believe primary in Michigan, but a dispute over the date of the vote led the National Party to strip the state of its delegates to this summer's uh, nominating convention, meaning uh, almost nobody uh, bothered. They took their names off the ballot, except, of course, for Swillery, who also was supposed to take her name off of there, and uh, she didn't do it. But we'll get to that when we get to these numbers. Anyway, so the nationwide vote, Obama is uh, even Stephen with Swillery now. And he's got the big mo, baby. He's got the momentum. Although, you know, with fixed voting machines, i got a story on that. It's been revealed that a high-ranking... I mean, let me ask you. Do you want to hear the story about the uh, Diebold machines, or would you rather hear... Hi, Ron! Hi, Ron! Gee, how much time are you going to tell me to think about that? What about you, Chris? I'm uh, good with hearing about Diebold. Oh. It's been revealed that a high-ranking executive at the company that was contracted to program all of New Hampshire's Diebold voting machines has a criminal record and has previously defended the illegal act of swapping out memory cards for the machines during live elections. The revelations which were uncovered by an investigative journalist and vote fraud expert, Bev Harris of BlackBoxVoting.org, once again plunged Diebold into the controversial electronic voting systems into the spotlight. Harris reports that Ken Hajar, the marketing and sales director at LHS Associates, was arrested, indicted, and pleaded guilty to sales slash uh, CND, sales of controlled narcotic drugs, and sentenced to 12 months at the Rockingham County Correctional Facility and fined two grand. As things go for the politically connected, he was then given a deferred sentence, and a thousand dollars of his fine was suspended. Suspended a sentence. LHS Associates is a private company that counted over four-fifths of the New Hampshire vote with no oversight whatsoever and also holds Diebold contracts for Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Vermont. They program every single voting machine in New Hampshire, Connecticut, almost all of Massachusetts, Vermont, and Maine, they comment, but state officials in five New England states never do a criminal check on this company's executives. Do the laws of these five states even allow them to hire convicted criminals for services paid for by the state? What about over 500 local towns and municipalities? The story becomes even more compelling, given comments made by Ken Hajar himself in a recent interview as he revealed that he totes memory cards around in the trunk of his car and defends the concept of swapping out memory cards during live elections. 
Other LHS staff members we spoke with, including Mike Carlson and Tom Burge, provided similar comments. They said they would open up machines during an election and swap memory cards as needed. This is illegal under Connecticut law, and Deputy Secretary Mara told us she has since informed LHS such actions were in violation of Connecticut election laws. Bev Harris has also asked for complaints filed on a threat allegedly made in recent years to a New Hampshire woman and any other reports from for her jar LHS owner, John Silvestro. The pair grew up together in Lawrence, Mass., before moving to Londonderry, New Hampshire. John Sylvester has been at the center of a long-running public dispute in trying to deflect accusations made by hacker Harry Hursty that the voting machines are wide open and t- to tampering and can be easily rigged. How do you like that? Yeah. The Hursty-Sylvester saga formed the centerpiece of the recent 80-minute HBO film, Hacking Democracy. Well, there you go. We're not suggesting, of course, that anything like that would happen in America, the land of the free and the home of the grave. What do we know? 6.34 on your very exciting poll about Mike Huckleberry Hunt. He's uh, he's out, by the way. Biggest we get to the Deep South, baby. We get to the Bible company. South Carolina. The sports leader. Scott. And now, here's Jay Leno. Thank you. Great to be back. Hey, how about that Iowa caucus, huh? Did you read about this? It's true. Yeah, did you hear what Hillary Clinton said? Yeah, me too. <laughs> hey, how about that Mitt Romney fellow, huh? Yeah. And uh, while all this campaigning is going on, George Bush is still the president. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, how about all this craziness going on in Pakistan? Oh, oh is that scary or what? <laughs> oh, boy. How much time we got left? Really? Okay, then it's time for jaywalking. First, I'll walk over here. And I'll walk back over here. All righty. That was jaywalking. Oh, I know. It's time for headlines. Ladies and gentlemen, these are actual headlines from actual newspapers. Oh, check this one out from the USA Today sports section. It says, Patriots perfect. So, uh, congratulations to them, I guess. Hey, after the break, uh, we'll be back with a very entertaining man, very funny guy, Mike Huckabee. Mike Huckabee, ladies and gentlemen. So, stick around. (laughs) Please. No. 14 before 11 at 560 WQM. So I get an email on my MySpace just now, which I check every now and then, from uh, a guy named David who pretends, he's not one of these fakers on there, pretends to be so concerned about my life and about my oh, show yeah. and about a beat, but a book. And uh, take the calls, old man. That's great radio, old man. See? Yeah. So during the next break, I'll just delete him from my uh, thing. Yeah, just get lost, David, okay? Get a life, for Christ's sake. I have no life. Plus, uh, he's got a picture, his profile pictures with some guy. Allegedly, David just got married here a few months ago, but I think to a guy. Hey, David. You fairy. Get lost. Maybe I'm just going to uh, bail out of that whole <laughs> that whole thing there. Okay. What? Okay, what? Well, that's Wh- whatever, you know, if it's not worth your time, then, uh, you know, drop it. Joyce Cannon. Schmidt Cannon? Yeah. Like the phone, you mean? Seriously, if, if I had a crowbar, see, in the in the solstice, there's no spare tire. It's got like a little kit in the trunk. The trunk is the size of your thumb, you know. But if I had a crowbar, I'd like to come up there and jam it up Jolly Joe's. Rectum. Oh, and then I could initiate that oozing bloody diarrhea. Or maybe just a bloodbath. He's just, just, just such a bastard. Such a rotten, oh, but obnoxious... What? Speaking of that, he came in and said, you know, we were... Said what? Going to be carrying that press conference. We were? We, were? we are going to. And when is that? We don't know yet. But when it happens, it'll happen here. But we already know what the deal is. We already know it's Tony uh, Soprano. Are we going to go through that again? 
No, I, I told him I hope it hey, starts listen, at noon and goes for time, two hours. Right. No problem, baby. It's their station, man. That's what he said. We're going to carry the press conference. Yes. Did you get up and stick your shoe into his ass and twist it around and dig deep and twist and carve? No. Why not? I don't know. Some some kind of wuss. I guess. Like I said, a crowbar sounds good to me. Representative Bobby Wexler is urging the House Judiciary Committee to begin impeachment hearings against Vice President Dick Cheney, despite opposition from House Democratic leaders. Do you look sad because we aren't taking any phone calls today? No. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me that there's a room at the Holiday Inn somewhere that he rents and occasionally goes over there and, like, uh, you know, is the cheerleader, and, and all these uh, 20 guys are sitting in the same room. You know what I mean? Passing mm-hmm. the phones around. Along with the Jolly Joe's private investigator. Ho, ho, ho! So we'll be carrying that press conference to announce that Tony Sperano has been selected the new head coach of your Dolphins. We're very famous for doing that on QM, carrying press conferences to announce something that the entire world already knows. But nevertheless, Wexler, who first gained national attention for defending Bill Clinton during his impeachment in 98, said Cheney has to be ousted in order to restore the balance of power between the executive and legislative branches, which in his view has been eroded by an ever-expanding claim of authority under Cheney and President Bush. Did Johnny Joe come in and pat you on the back and say, great job, George? No. Are you okay? No. 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 What did he say? He said, we are going to be carrying that press conference. We just don't know when it's going to be. Oh. Well, hopefully it'll be like from noon to two. Sounds good to me. Noon. Is it noon? It's got the press press release here. Thank you, Allison. So we have a press conference at noon. All right. Would you like me to read it? I can uh, read it slowly. The Miami Dolphins will hold a press conference at approximately 12 noon today in the main auditorium at the Dolphins training facility in Davie to announce Tony Soprano as the team's new head coach. All right. Live trucks are permitted to park in the east parking lot. All other media should park in the auxiliary parking lot adjacent to the Nova Southeastern softball field. Mm-hmm. That's noon. it. Noon so day. we're going to have a press conference at noon to announce uh, that the world is still spinning around. There's a litany of issues that need to be heard, Wexler said. The administration has abused power of executive privilege. This administration has completely avoided testifying before Congress on any one of a host of six, seven, or eight issues. See, that's something Jolly Joe knows about, that we can have a press conference to announce the, and I'm sure that Wayne probably, uh, you know, peed all over his desk. You better put that on there where you've got the dolphin games. Who the hell would want the dolphin games? Although we do have the big tuna. we got the big tuna and the big uh, Tony Soprano. Got to throw their weight around. Whether we're talking about the manipulation of intelligence on Iraq, he went on. This is Bobby Wexler, not Jolly Joe. Whether we're talking about the outing of a covert CIA agent, whether we're talking about the illegal use of torture, whether we're talking about the potentially unlawful firing of U.S. prosecutors, on all these issues, the administration has thus far successfully used the power of executive privilege. But impeachment hearings would be different, Wexler said, because the White House couldn't raise a privilege claim in order to avoid answering questions from lawmakers. In an impeachment hearing, the administration doesn't have the power of executive privilege, Wexler said, noting that the secret tapes that helped bring down Richard Nixon didn't surface until the House Judiciary Committee began the impeachment hearings. Of course, Nancy Pelosi is she's, uh, doing the green apple quick step. Oh, well, it's off the table. I ought to throw your ass off the table, okay? You spineless bitch. You cowardly slut. But nevertheless, how are we doing with uh, Mike Huckleberry, by the way? 648 vote. What's your take on him? You know what we ought to add on there? Who's my Huckabee? Okay. Chris, get with it. Go on. Well, that's my fault. I should have put that on there when I sent the poll to Eric last night. But I was busy watching hockey, man, and the debate at 9 o'clock. Into the corner for Stajan. Stajan.
and back along for White. Back into the corner for Matt. Smith. I got a good idea since they're so sports intensive. Let's carry Joe Bowen here in the audio of last night's Leafs 5 4 win over Carolina until the press conference at noon. What do you say? What do you think? Sounds great. <laughs> Didn't Clarence? You're an, you're and you're witness to it. You saw it. Clarence yeah. came in there that one day and said, ho- ho- "Hockey and harness racing, man, horse racing." Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they'd like it. It's sports. Sports. Oh, Dan on boys starting up. Auto be in the beach and one more time. What a voice this guy's got. Nice. Sounds a little like, like that. Half a mile. George and Downs. I don't know where that is, George and Downs. It's, uh, I think, in Yenemsbelt somewhere. Somewhere in Ontario, eh? So here's the deal. Mitt Romney, who uh, he won because uh, he was a businessman and everybody's out of work in Michigan. And mostly he won because his father was governor for 12 years in Michigan. That's the new deal now. If your husband was the president, then uh, you're going to you know, be very popular. And if your father was the governor, you're going to be very popular also. And uh, all of these things. That's what the Americans... All of these That's things. as far as a lot of the Americans can relate. In addition to which, the Republican field is so lackluster would be the understatement. I mean, who are they going to vote for? Romney got um, 39% of the vote. McCain, 30. Got 30, man. And Huckleberry, only 16%. A distant turd. The surprisingly easy win in Michigan by a candidate whom many had written off vaults Romney back into the race and reaffirms the sharpened campaign message that he debuted several days ago. An attack on Washington emphasis on the need for dramatic change in the way that politics is practiced. But a beat, but and they like his haircut. He looks really slick. He looks presidential. I mean, he lies a lot, and of course, he wears magic underwear. But nevertheless. John Nichols in The Nation writes, he says, Michigan's ominous message for Hillary. It's an ominous message. Did uh, Jolly Joe have his I Love George Bush bumper sticker on his forehead when he came in? No, he did not. He had it on his ass. Maybe we didn't see it. It was on his fat ass. The question in Tuesday's Michigan Democratic primary was not whether Hillary Clinton could beat anybody. The question was whether she could beat nobody. As the only leading Democratic contender to keep her name on the ballot after Michigan officials moved their primary ahead of the opening date scheduled by the Democratic National Committee, Clinton was perfectly positioned. She had no serious opposition. She also uh, had the strong support of top Michigan Democrats, such as Governor Jennifer Granholm and U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. Usually, a prominent presidential contender running a primary campaign without serious opposition and with strong in-state support from party leaders can count on winning 90% or more of the vote. That's how it went for George Bush when he was running without serious opposition in Republican primaries in 2004, and for Bill Clinton when he was essentially unopposed in the Democratic primaries in 96. But Hillary got nowhere near 90% in last night's Michigan primary. With most of the ballots counted, she was winning an uninspiring 55% of the Democratic vote, a remarkable 40% of Michiganders who participated in the primary, or Michigoyim as we say, Jolly Joe, Michigoyim, voted for nobody, making, marking the uncommitted opinion on their ballots. Another 4% back to Ohio Congressman Little Dennis Kucinich, who brought his anti-war, anti-corporate campaign to Michigan and made some inroads among Muslim voters in the Detroit area and liberals in Washington County, where he was taking almost 10%. But uncommitted was Clinton's most serious challenger in Michigan. Uncommitted was actually beating Clinton in some counties and holding, <laughs> and holding her below 50% in some others, including Detroit's Wayne County, where there's a lot of dark folks who vote in Detroit. Ominously for the Clinton camp, the former first lady was losing the African-American vote in Wayne County and statewide to uncommitted African-American leaders such as Detroit Congressman John Conyers, who backs Democratic presidential candidate Barack Obama, had urged an uncommitted vote. And the message seemed to connect. 
Exit polls showed uncommitted winning by a 70 to 26 margin among African Americans. Had Michigan voters been allowed to choose between all the serious contenders for the Democratic nod, CNN's exit poll found Obama would have won the African American vote by a 73 to 22 margin over Swillery. Uncommitted also beat Clinton among independent voters who participated in the Democratic primary and among young voters as well. The message from Michigan suggests veteran Detroit Free Press columnist Stephen Henderson is that if Clinton is the Democratic nominee, she'll have a real challenge building an electoral coalition that can win in November. A Democrat won't win without carrying a significant slice of the African-American vote or reaching out to independents, explained Henderson. It's hard to argue with that assessment. It's still harder to believe that Clinton will get very far claiming Michigan handed her a meaningful victory last night when two out of every five voters chose nobody rather than a prominent candidate who's running with little or no opposition. That candidate's got no reason to celebrate. Biggest names. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. This is the Neil Rogers Show. This is your brain. Any questions? She's the presidential candidate dog kids go crazy for. Tickle me, Hillary. <laughs> yes, tickle me, Hillary. Just rub her belly and watch her go. I want to have a conversation. <laughs> That's cool. I'll make sure every American has affordable, quality health care. <laughs> you and your kids will have hours of fun with Tickle Me, Hillary. I'm not a lesbian. <laughs> Yeah, right. That's a great pantsuit. Wanna trade? <laughs> Mommy, I'm not sure I like Hillary. That's right. You'll either love or hate Tickle Me Hillary. Coming soon to a primary near you. <laughs> oh, look at that Decatur, Georgia. There's uh, six schools locked down and two Georgia officers have been killed and the uh, suspects are on the loose. Crazy people with guns. How American, man. So an hour from now, maybe a little bit less, and that ought to be quite a production, too, because you know how these press conferences never start on time. Have we got somebody over there that's going to, like, take it, or how are we going to do this, or does nobody know yet? We don't know yet. And, of course, I'm sure we have no program director because he was in Boston for the uh, college basketball game last night, which the Hurricanes got beat, but nevertheless. Mm-hmm. Didn't they get beat? By 10. Yeah, by B.C. So, anyway, I'm sure Clarence isn't around there today. Am I right? Right. Correct. So that's why Jolly Joe uh, is that's modeling. correct. Jolly Joe is waddling his big fat ass around the building to uh, take care of things that the program director should be taking care of. But again, the program director is only part time. So we'll figure it out if there's somebody over there who's going to like take it and introduce the whole deal. Tony Soprano is the new Dolphin head coach. Oh! Tony Soprano, Soprano. But a beep, but a boop, but a bob. And of course, the uh, Dolphins aren't playing no more for a long, long time. But nevertheless, we built this wall of football, baby, and we're going to carry it or else. Or else they're going to yank those broadcast rights immediately, if not sooner, and put them over there on, like, uh, the light bulb. With his plan for winning the Republican president... Now, did you correct that thing about who's... Uh, why would you spell it like that? As in, who's, whose underwear are these? Oh, very good. you got to still only one vote on there. They know who it is. They know, is? Bible, they know a Bible thumper when they smell one. And speaking of that, wait till you hear this. With his plan for winning the Republican presidential nomination riding largely on a big Florida victory at the end of the month, Rudy Giuliani asked an evangelical congregation for prayers instead of votes and quoted scripture to evoke a message of hope and perseverance. I'm not coming here to ask for your vote, he said Sunday. That's up to you and it's not the right place. But I'm coming here to ask you for something very special and more important. I'm asking for your prayers. Rudy, let me tell you right now, you haven't got a prayer. You haven't got a Chinaman's chance in hell. Chinaman. While other Republican candidates are focused on 
the Michigan primary last night. Julian is following his strategy of pushing for a January 29 victory in Florida. He hopes will propel him toward a dominant showing February 5 on Super Tuesday. Once a strong front, he's, he's just fallen off the map, off the face of the earth. Once a strong frontrunner in national polls, the former New York City mayor has fallen well behind the three candidates jockeying for a victory, John McCain, Mitt Romney, and Mike Huckleberry. The former uh, New York City mayor has made conservative Christian Republicans nervous with some of his more liberal views, including his support for abortion rights, tolerance for gays, and gun control, as opposed to intolerance for gays. I've faced odds that were times seemingly impossible situations where people are given up hope, but we didn't listen to the doubters, we didn't listen to the naysayers, Giuliani told several thousand worshipers at El Rey Jesus Church in Miami. El Rey Jesus. Fear not, be strong and of good courage, he ended quoting the Bible. Quoting the Bible, I wonder which wife he's banging now. The church with its congregation of 10,000 people was his first stop on a three-day bus tour through Florida. They don't like his kind in uh, the Bible Belt. I'll tell you that right now, meaning Florida. They don't like it. Now, he, see, he thinks he went to Florida because all those New Yorkers who are in, uh, you know, South Florida. Yeah. And, of course, he's also pandering to your people, which, uh, you know, he ain't got a Chinaman stance, like I said. Chinaman. Short people. You know any Chinaman? No. 678 on your poll. I think 900 is like uh, tops you're going to do. You're not going to do no 1,000 today. Sorry. Oh, well. It's my bad for putting it on there too late. Plus, it's not such a great poll anyway. You know, who's, who's Mike Huckleberry? Mike Huckabee. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, man, you talk about blind luck. How many times have I done that? About 30, man. Over the years, man. Just punched it up. Just, just out, of, out of blind luck. I should only be so lucky at Woodbine, you know what? Just out of blind luck, I picked a machine that just paid the $366,000 jackpot. All right. Or maybe on the uh, mega on the mega uh, bucks, I think it's like five or six million now. So maybe when that press conference comes on, I'll hop in a car and go over to Woodbine and play the mega bucks, and you can uh, handle the rest of the show because I'm, I'm sure it's going to be long and drawn out. On Saturday's Nevada caucuses, don't you think? What the press conference? What what is your story? What what is your story? We were talking press sports all of a sudden now. Sports? Yeah. What's what the press conference about? about? What? What's this press conference about? It's about killing time so that's that right. I can't sit here on this show. That's what it's all about. That's right. That's all it's about. It's about Wayne. That's what it's all mm -hmm. about. The Wayne in Spain falls mainly on the plane. Wayne, It's about Baldy, who's trying to save face after this 1-15 season, after a succession of brutally bad seasons, after a succession of brutally bad coaches. Brutally bad. Not just bad, brutally bad. Can anybody say Nick Saban? Can anybody say Dave Wanstatt? Can anybody say Scam Cameron? Oh, my goodness. I think they're doing this just to make the brainstem look good, you know? And his final mm -hmm. years, man, they had to drag him out of there kicking and screaming. Remember that, Chris? They had to drag him out almost physically. Yes, yeah, you're like done, uh, Brainstem, Shoesmeister. And I had a big song. And, oh, no, he retired. He retired. He retired my ass, okay? Yeah, I got to look for something else to do. Yeah, please. How about bringing him back? What do you think? Wouldn't that be a great move? Yeah, he yeah, doesn't want to do that. He what? He doesn't want to do that. Why not? He's uh, happy uh, golfing and uh, running his uh, restaurants. 686 on your uh, poll. So at noon, we're going to be carrying a press conference, and nobody is telling us yet. Allison, I'm sure, will. She'll take the uh, ball by the hand. In her hand. 
and squeeze pretty tight. And then we'll find out what exactly we're going to do. Maybe then we got somebody over there, you know, like uh, one of our correspondents. Uh, I'm sure we got somebody there with maybe the microphone. Maybe Captain Curtis is over there. You know, Captain Curtis. Right. We don't know. Maybe Zach's over there. Maybe the Beast. Oh, maybe Zach might be over there. Big fat Zach. Boy, I sure hope they don't have any free food if Zach is over there. He's got an ass bigger than some states. And he's a big Godal fan, man. He, uh, and, and a sore loser. Meh, meh, Patriots, meh. Yeah, right. Patriots are still playing last time I checked and are going to kick San Diego's ass on Sunday, I believe. And be back in the Super Bowl again. Although I'm really nervous about Green Bay. I don't want to get too sports intensive, but Chris knows what I'm talking about. Right Why are you worried about Bay? Just because Brett Favre was like, you know. Because they're playing damn good right now because they put a lot of points on the board. And, they, and the Patriot defense the last part of the season has been uh, a little uh, suspect. You know what I'm saying? It's all those uh, 50-year-old linebackers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that must be it. Yeah. You're not, you're another one. Cry, baby. Don't want to give credit where credit is due. Oh, they're cheaters. Yeah. I never called them a cheater. Well, I don't care what you did. Okay, you're just another cry, baby. No, I just who's, who's illiterate? Who's who's my right. Huckabee? W H O S E. Good God Almighty! I know that the schools don't teach much these days, but give me a break. Two votes for that. Who's Mike Huckabee? Who the hell is that? Just a religious nut. Don't worry about it, okay? Well, like I said, worry about it a lot. Because that's what's happening to your country. It's being taken over by Farbison and Goyim, crazy people, Bible-thumping lunatics. That's a good poll. Who wanted Neil off the year worse? Uh, Wayne, Bible-thumping lunatics, uh, the Beasleys, you know, like that. whole bunch of choices on there, right? Right. At any rate, I'm just suggesting that for, for someday when you have to do a poll. Thanks. Hopefully... Hopefully not too soon. And you got right. Monday off. I'm working on Monday. Woohoo! It's because I'm a nice guy. Yes, you are. Although maybe I won't be working on. I don't know. <laughs> maybe Chris will just come in, and there won't be. Uh, we won't be around. Well, just put that uh, TV feed on, and we'll do that. Okay. Actually, drive, but we have had a lot well, of. Well, we don't want her. Any, anybody there can hear her. She's from CNN. Let's put so uh, City Pulse on. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Put City Pulse the on. Last and then, uh, you know, things are going to cool down dramatically for the weekend. Sudbury, North Bay, minus 12 to minus 13 with the winds there. London through Windsor. Actually, Windsor is quite cold at minus 11, and that's sort of not quite typical for this time of year. Oh, she's so Canadian, eh? Yeah, maybe we'll just put that on on Monday. It's a holiday, you know. The global war on terror has been a primary concern of the U.S. government in recent years, but a new expose reveals a network of international terrorists have trained and apparently found refuge in America for decades. Tristan Corton and Kirk Nielsen, writing for Salon.com, profile a group of Cuban exiles who are believed to have plotted attacks against Cuba and continue to operate in Florida with virtual impunity. Other than an occasional federal gun charge, nothing much seems to happen to most of these would-be revolutionaries. They're allowed to train nearly unimpeded despite making explicit plans to violate the 70-year-old U.S. Neutrality Act and overthrow a sovereign country's government, they write. Kind of like what we did in Iraq, overthrowing a sovereign country's government. In greater Miami, home to the majority of the nation's 1.5 million Cuban Americans, the presence of what could be credibly described as a terrorist training camp has become an accepted norm. During the half-century of the anti-Castro-Cuban diaspora, Alpha 66 and numerous other paramilitary groups, Commandos F-4, Brigade 2506, Acción Cubana, are so common they've taken the benign patina of rotary clubs with weapons. Rotary clubs with weapons, that's a good idea. Let some of the old farts shoot each other. However benign the groups may appear, they're packing some serious firepower, a Cuba expert tells Ross Story. The fact that they have significant weapons caches means you can't discount them. Caches. How do you say that? What? Caches? 
How do you spell it? C-A-C-H-E-S. Caches. Steve, that's what I just said. Good. Steve Clemens, that's what you do with a check. Cash it. Clemens said he's been told the military has war game scenarios in which the Florida-based militants attempted an invasion of Cuba, perhaps following Castro's death. Former State Department uh, Chief of Staff Lawrence Wilkerson shared some of his recollections about such scenarios from his 31 years in the military. Much of it served during the Cold War. In exercises, I recall vividly that when we wargamed the Cuba scenario, what happened was that the U.S. Navy, the FBI, the Florida State Police, Coast Guard, and a host of other folks got involved, not in invading Cuba, but in preventing a group of Cuban-Americans in Florida from doing so. Wow. I might add that such actions violated U.S. law, and so, in the exercises, which were, my view, very realistic, we spent our time attempting to stop several hundred small boats loaded with automatic weapons, explosives, and lots of Cuban-Americans from getting to Cuba. But he said the group's influence has diminished greatly in recent years. The question is, should we take it seriously? He said, yes, they're dangerous, but I think they're contained by our own federal government. Right, depending on who they're pandering to at the moment. Don't forget that big press conference. I wonder what it's going to be all about. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. You're in trouble. Big press conference at noon, baby. Tony Soprano is the new Dolphin head coach. What a surprise. What a shock. Hopefully it'll last like an hour and a half or so. Miami has the Dolphins still the worst football team. The way they played this season made everybody scream. It seems to me that losing has always been their goal. And every game they play in should be called the Super Bowl. And they're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins number. How many teams in the league? 32. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. If you're their fan, you'll sing the blues. The Dolphins. At Cam Cameron, and one thing that I learned, he had the fans all wishing that Nick Saban would return. If you think he's a winner, then you have lost your mind. The next thing he'll be coaching is the unemployment line, and they're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number. How many teams in the league? 32. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Oy. there's something you scrape off your shoes. The Dolphins have John Beck, our rookie quarterback. If you think he's the answer, you must be smoking crack. You know they could have gotten someone good like Brady Quinn. The way they waste their draft picks, it's nothing but a sin. And they're the Miami Dolphins, <laughs> Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number. How many teams in the league? 82. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins. Their talent scouts don't have a clue. The Dolphin games are boring when they're on the radio. And everyone was put to sleep by Jimmy Cephalo. When he is calling play-by-play, it's the same old tune. And just so Mandich had a job on Sunday afternoons. And they're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number. How many teams in the league? Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins. I hear the fans begin to snooze. (laughs) 
Huizinga owns the Dolphins. He's hired Bill Parcells. And I don't have to tell you the way that tuna smells. They say he'll solve their problems. I wish him lots of luck. No matter what he tries to do, the team will always suck. And they're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins number. Oh, what the hell? 32. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Now they're through. <laughs> oh, 1120 at 560 WQM. So David on MySpace says, oh, I was just kidding. I was just, don't take it so seriously. David, get a life. Okay? I have no life. lost. See, what have I always told you, and I, I still believe this, I believed it then and I believe it now. There yeah. are a few things in life worse than people trying to be funny who aren't funny. That's a fact. Which is one of the reasons I'm not taking any more calls. Because right. like that other jerk on MySpace uh, many, many months ago, remember that guy? Some punk. Oh, I called you today and made a funny sound on your show, Neil. <laughs> right. I mean, obviously he had nothing to say, but he just called and made a funny sound. He thought it was a funny sound, you know, right. like that or something, whatever. 706 on the pool. I think you got a shot at 900 today. Chris is all you're going to get. Who's Mike Huckleberry, hound? What's your take on Mike Huckabee? That's the poll question. Mm-hmm. I mean, you would think with, with the uh, election season hot, hot and heavy now, anybody with a brain, they're not worried about uh, the Dolphins coach. Who the hell gives a crap for crying out loud? They're not going to pay, play another game till August. Who cares? Oh, by the way, the worst-kept secret in South Florida became official today as the Dolphins have completed a deal with Cowboys assistant head coach Tony Soprano today. And a news conference has been scheduled for noon, writes Jeff Darlington in the Herald. How come it doesn't mention that the news conference will be carried on WQN 560? How huh, Jeff Darlington? Probably very jackass got to him. Well, we have this relationship with uh, Joel Feinberg, and yeah. I bet you Joel Feinberg is given like, extra bologna sandwiches to bury. That's what it's all about. Sperano arrived at the team's facility with General Manager Jeff Ireland shortly before 8 o'clock this morning. Not long after, team owner Wayne Heisinger showed up in his car for a brief conversation. Heisinger left the building by 9.30. Now, why does it have to say showed up in his car? As opposed to just somebody snapped their fingers and he magically appeared. I mean, how else is he going to get there? By helicopter? Maybe his private jet took him from his house to the uh, stadium. I mean, what does that mean? I don't know. You follow my point, though? Why does it say that? You want to know why? Because it's in the Herald. That's right. Heisinger's final approval was the only aspect of the negotiations that needed to take place. The owner met for dinner with Sperano and others for two and a half hours on Tuesday. After the dinner, Heisinger told the Herald he thought Sperano was great and terrific. Two things that you're not, Wayne, great or terrific, but nevertheless. Now, now, let me ask you this, since we're having the press conference. So I guess it was left up to me, since nobody bothered, you know, uh, we, we've got the sports wire there. We've got the uh, internets. Nobody bothered, uh, you know, bringing us the story. I had to find it on my own, uh, you know what I'm saying? My own resources here. Well, what's that all about? Since if, if, we're, if we're so obsessed with the Dolphins and with the fact that we carry the games on this station and we're going to carry the press conference, how come somebody didn't come running in breathlessly? Oh, here you go. Get this on the air, Neil. It's a big bullet and they hired Tony. Uh. You see what I'm saying? I get it. 
because that would be too much like aiding and abetting this show, which is something that's not in the vocabulary of fat-ass Jolly Joe to do something for this show. And what's the story with that disc from your uh, bald friend, by the way? It's there. Oh, it's here now? Well, they haven't yes. called me. No, uh, he says uh, he checked the, what should you call it, tracking or whatever, delivered uh, 933. This morning? Yep. But not yesterday, like it was supposed to be? Correct. 9.33 this morning, which means at noon I can put on my... In fact, I'm going to put on my clothes during the next break, and then at noon I can uh, dilly-dally downstairs and pick up the disc and play uh, some of those funny bits, the ones that, uh, you know, like, Wayne, you're a... Uh, mm -hmm. Whatever. <laughs> oh, God, if you had any idea how tempting it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ask me anything. I'll give you an answer. Wow. Isn't it tempting? It is. But I'm not going to do it, though. Maureen Dowd's got to come today. Can I get back to important things as opposed to a Tony Soprano? This is a long column. I don't have time to do this before the break. Remind me to get back to it. Okay. It's long. Which she doesn't usually Good. have real long columns. It's lengthy, man. Faith, freedom, and bling in the Middle East. Bling, bling. Oh, speaking of that, O.J. Simpson's doing court today. I got time for this. Don't you miss those calls, by the way? Not. No. I feel like my life has improved uh, many no, I don't. times. You, you turn the monitor off so that you don't want to be bothered. I enjoy watching the lines flash. Are knowing, they flashing? No, oh, yeah, knowing that these crazy maniacs are on the other end, you know, just Too bad. bruising Too their bad. fingertips, drooling I like... Cut you off, okay? Call up Jolly Joe and talk to him, okay? He enjoys these callers. Call oh, him up. We should give him the direct line. They're probably sitting in his orifice right now, sitting around a big conference table. Oh, gee, he won't put us on the air, Jolly Joe. Yeah. People try to, like, uh, put me out of business is what you're trying to do. And, and, these, and, and that's the best part of it is these aren't fans of the show. These are people who want to destroy the show. Right. Destroy me and my life and my career. And, huh? Antagonists. That is correct. He's absolutely correct. These are antagonists to our lives. And I say, Ephem Zimbalist Jr. O.J. Simpson's due in court today as his attorney denies the former football star violated his bail agreement in a motion asking that his client be let out of jail to wait trial in his armed robbery case. Let him out of jail again. I wonder if he's got one of those Monopoly cards. Attorney Gabriel Grasso's three-page document filed late yesterday urges a judge to reject Clark County D.A. Rod David Rogers' effort to have Simpson jailed without bail until his trial April 7. Put him in a slammer again, okay, and fry his ass. Clark County D.A. Uh, judge Jackie Glass, district court judge, was to hear arguments on the request today. Simpson, 60, will appear in court after spending five nights and four days in the Clark County Jail, where police said he'd been cooperative after arriving late Friday from Florida in the custody of his bail bondsman, Miguel Pereira. The assistant attorney says Simpson told Pereira in an expletive-laced message to tell co-defendant Clarence C.J. Stewart how upset Simpson was about testimony during their preliminary hearing. Grasso said the document says O.J. Simpson in no way violated any conditions of his release. Grasso declined further comment until the hearing. Roger's motion alleges Simpson committed new crimes, but doesn't elaborate. Dan Kulin, a spokesman for Roger, declined to say whether new charges would be filed against Simpson. I can remember that last hearing and the judge very pacifically telling him, do not under any circumstances in any way contact any of the other co-defendants. Remember that? Yep. Like it was yesterday, like it was only moments ago. Let's get the press conference on instead of that dolphin crap. I mean, biggest name. God, it's important stuff. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. You're a bastard. OJ, 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 OJ. All right. You killed the cold. You killed the cold. Absolutely. OJ, OJ, OJ. You killed the cold.
Can't wait. 11.33, 27 till noon. Noon, baby, when the little hand hits the big hand. Now, what's the story? Did we get the lowdown? What's going on? Well, Chris is in the other room setting up and uh, flipping switches and getting everything ready for the lowdown. So it's setting up what? Whatever needs to be set up in the other room so that we can carry this press conference because nobody's here, as you know. Well, now, what do you mean nobody's here? Clarence, you mean? Clarence. We have no uh, program director. I've told our general manager this many, right. many times that we can't have a part-time program director, and he goes, I don't know what to tell you, Neil. Yeah, that was another conversation well, I had with him. I might as well have been talking into a hole somewhere. That's because you know? in, in radio, it would be foolish to have a part-time program director. But here, right, that's right. In a here, radio station where sense. when things like right. this come, uh, come along, right. we need somebody who knows what this is not a radio station, it doesn't matter. Right. And so since, you know. Well, we can just have the general manager waddling around right. with his ugly brown suit on, uh, talking a lot of crap. But you understand that here during the middays, there is no other uh, board op or producer on duty than the ones involved in this show. So, Correct. therefore, Chris has to get up and go over there and do what needs to be done because no one else is here. Yeah. So, he's out of the room doing that. But that's not my question. I don't care whether he's in well, the room, I don't have the answer the room, to your question. The when he comes roof. back, I assume he'll know a little bit more. No. Like maybe there's somebody going to be out there to introduce whatever these shenanigans are going to be standing by. Because they never, I mean, I don't want to walk out of here at noon to go downstairs to get that FedEx from uh, Chicken Neck and then uh, come back and find out that you're vamping for like, uh, well, uh, there was nobody over there and uh, they're not ready yet with the, uh... now, now, would you imagine, I'm, I'm asking you this, which shows how stupid I am. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you imagine that uh, it's going to be on ESPN? Jason Chimera, that I imagine. Game winner. But what do I know? Yeah, winner. What a goal! Calm down, Rimmer. Um, I would assume that uh, since it's a sports thing, it'll be on uh, the sports networks, right? Mm-hmm. And since TSN is opened by is owned by ESPN, I wouldn't be surprised if I get it right here. So I think I'll leave it on there uh, until noonish, 
and I can kind of watch the proceedings, just in case we don't have anybody over there, because it would seem to me that possibly we might not have this all that well coordinated. I could be wrong about that, but I doubt it. This season, one nothing Nashville. Three minutes later, J.P. Dumont with the wraparound. That is a suck. Oh, my God. Talk about grease. Anyway, uh, guess what? What? You think kids like clowns? Generally. But no. It no. depends. See, no, no. Okay. Bad news for Coco and Blinko. Children don't like clowns, and even older kids are scared of them. That news will no doubt have clowns shedding tears. It was revealed in a poll of youngsters by researchers from the University of Sheffield who are examining how to improve the decor of hospital children's wards. The study reported in the Nursing Standard magazine, which I'm sure is one of your favorites, mm-hmm. found all the 250 patients aged between 4 and 16 they quizzed disliked the use of clowns. Even the older kids found them scary. Mm-hmm. As adults, we make assumptions about what works for children, said Penny Curtis, a senior lecturer in research at the university. We found that clowns are universally disliked by children. Some found them quite frightening and unknowable. How do you like that, huh? And it's, instead, he's got his 20th house win it 3-1. to one. Oh, my God, how sad. 742 vote on the Mike Huckabee poll. So is Chris uh, still yeah, you just walked in. One. You must be walking. No, there you go, and? All right, so uh, basically when the press conference starts, we're going to go to the press conference. Going to carry the whole thing, so it could be 30 minutes, 40 minutes, who knows, and then Good. we'll come back to us, I guess. But that's not the point, what you said, when the press conference starts. How will we know when it starts? That is correct. Well, Cope is out, not Cope, uh, Greg Likens from the morning show is out there. Who? Greg Likens. Greg don't like us? Yeah. No, he loves us. He loves the show. Um, he's out there, so he's supposed to tell us, look, they're going to start now. Obviously, we don't know if it's going to be 12 o'clock, it's going to be 12.05 what it is, and then we're gonna basically going to throw to it and then uh, let it go. So I better, I better keep a TSN on here. I was just saying while you were out. Or ESPN News has a... You don't understand. A, I don't have ESPN News. Don't you understand? Well, I'm in Canada, eh? Well, well, ESPN they owns TSN, the sports network, and I'm sure that they'll be carrying something as monumental as uh, this press conference, as momentous, or maybe not. Who the hell knows? It's an American, you know, it's the NFL. We don't got no NFL here, but they're still all whipped up to a frenzy alleged. So you can on the TV there watch ESPN, and I'll watch a TSN, and and maybe I'll uh, turn over to the score. They got like seven thousand different uh, sports. High there. with their fourth straight win, but taking on a. There you go. See there, and there's the golf network. Let's put the golf network on. Back at the Winnipeg Arena. Fourth ring. Six minutes later, the Blackhawks cannot get the loose puck. Oh no! It's, in the, it's a biscuit in the basket. Look at that. A biscuit in the basket. There's a biscuit in your basket. 7.44 on the Mike Huckab- Huckleberry Pool. What's your take on Mike Huckabee? A religious nut, 2.90. No chance, 1.97. Dangerous, 1.77. All three of those are acceptable. They're all right. Our next president, 45 comedians. 45 clowns, and even kids hate clowns. A true believer, 29. And who's Mike Huckabee? Six out of 7.44. I think we'll get to 900. Oh, there's Gary Bettman, little uh, weasel. Little weasel, Gary Bettman. And Willie O'Ree. The first black player in the uh, National Hockey League with the Boston Bruins 100 years ago, long before you were born. Not exciting? <laughs> nope. Well, you're forcing me to watch this because we got a monitor when the damn press conference is going to start, and they never, ever start on time. Correct. Is, is, there, is there a press conference that ever started on time in history? No. Never. Nope. They always show you the, the whole bunch of microphones and the podium, and there's nobody there. Except the press, of course. They're all milling about. And they're all like, bah, 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 and of course, this is all anticlimactic because we know what they're going to say. So. 
progression, the steady recession of uh, head coaches in the Dolphin organization continues. No more Scan Cameron, baby. He's flown a coop like I told you he would and should have gone a long time ago. And uh, we got Tony Soprano coming in now. Tony and the Hitman. Right, as the Dolphin organization is morphing into the Cowboys organization. Is that a good way to put it? Uh, right. New England star yeah. quarterback has racked up the accolades, but he remains the pinnacle of the position for what he has accomplished in the postseason. While Brady cemented his status as one of the best quarterbacks of all time, Brett Favre seemed like a... No, oh, I don't want to hear about Brett Favre. Okay, they make me very nervous. Maybe the Giants will, like, upset them, do you think? No. They do play well on the road. The Giants? First to win nine road games. Don't let me forget about that Maureen Dowd column. You know, the good news about this press conference is I am working up. I don't know why. Maybe because Jolly Joe was in there before. A humongous Joyce. Okay. So then after I go downstairs, in fact, maybe before I go downstairs to get that package, I'm going to uh, make a quick trip. You know what I'm saying? You know okay. what I'm saying. I do. You've, uh, lately, you've been uh, making a lot of trips. I told you. I can I've understand been that. a lot. I can sure understand that in your uh, particular case, because mm -hmm. we, we don't know what the hell's going on. No, I don't even know. We show up every day that we're supposed to, I'll tell you that. That's right. We just keep showing up. Keep sending us the money, Jolly Joe. Keep those checks coming, baby. Could be a long year. Could be a lot longer than you think, you know. Any other deal that I might make might, might take a long time to get all the uh, nuts and bolts ironed out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Maybe a long, long, oh, I love this. I love this story. 
The Michigan Democratic ballot that was rigged by Hillary Clinton, her husband, and her supporters to give the nation the impression that she's the leading candidate in Michigan. Uh, an angry uh, former Senator Don Regal said yesterday, Regal appeared at a rally in Detroit to encourage would-be supporters of Barack Obama and John Edwards to vote uncommitted in the primary last night. Regal said he supports one of the two, but wouldn't say which one. What happened in Michigan is not very different from what used to happen in the old Soviet Union, Regal said. The Clinton machine manipulated the ballot. They don't care how they win, only that they do. It's wrong, and people need to know that. Regal said Democratic candidates had an understanding after Michigan defied the party and tried to become the first state to hold a primary that none of them would compete in Michigan. Obama and Edwards honored that agreement, but Clinton did not and put her name on the ballot anyway. In fact, how come Obama and Edwards didn't bring that up at that namby-pamby debate last night and say, hey, bitch, you were supposed to, uh, we were all supposed to uh, opt out of Michigan, huh, and you didn't. Of course, the good news is she only got 55% of the vote with no competition. Like the John Nichols article said. Anyway, Regal said people should not permit the Clintons, both Bill and Hillary, to have an unfair advantage in Michigan. Regal retired in 1995 after 28 years in the Senate and House. He now lives in Washington, D.C., where he works for an international communications company and occasionally acts as a lobbyist. He said he paid his own way to come to Michigan to speak at rallies in Detroit, Flynn and Lansing on the uncommitted vote. He owns a home in Glen Arbor, he said. I have no idea where that is. I lived 12 years in Michigan, man. Marshall, Michigan, Albion, Michigan, Kalamazoo, Detroit, Southfield, actually. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be living in Detroit. I lived in Southfield, though. It's pretty, like a suburb of Detroit. You ever been to Southfield? No. Don't. All right. I wonder oh. how Dick Purton's doing. I wonder if he's still on the air in Detroit. I bet he is. Boy, he's been on the air longer than me. He's got to be about 100 years old right now. And of course, everybody loves Dick Purton. 761. I, I wonder if I still have one of those discs. I'm not going to play those bits, though. Good. What do you mean, good? Well, there were, there were, there were a couple of pretty good ones on there. Sure, but why do no. that when you can take calls? You know, you're the one, Chris Chris is a witness to it yesterday. I was about to read something very important, like about the future of the, the human race and the universe. Yeah. And, and I said, should I read this story or should I take calls? And you said, you said, yeah. take calls. These yeah. calls are great. Is that what he said, Chris? Something too, like that, yeah. Too bad your sarcasm meter wasn't working. I think he's trying to get that uh, inheritance early. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Guess what? Ain't going to work. I know. Good. I feel just fine. Spend knock all your on, money. Knock on this counter. Knock on uh, whatever this is. Knock on microphone. Yeah. Seven sixty-five. I think you got a shot at eight hundred. All right. And the, I was going to say nine hundred, but then with this press conference coming on, now now let me ask you this: How many people do you think are going to be tuned in for the press conference? About thirty, man. First of all, I'm sure it'll be on TV. Number one and number two, everybody knows what they're going to say anyway. Who the new coach is? So it's another one of these anticlimactic events. But we just have to have it because it, we're the Dolphin Station, man. We don't want that fag on the air while that important press conference is going on. That would be sacrilegious. Well, according to uh, the sport, the sports network. Yeah, uh, we were hiring Dave Sperano, not Tony Sperano. Who's D- Dave Sperano? Yeah, nobody knows. Oh. So they quickly fixed it. Oh, that's not the right one. Where's the real one? Is it under Miami? Miami. Oh, here it is. There we go. Let's hear it, baby. We love the Dolphins, not Miami. has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. Now, what century was it last time they made the playoffs? What what was that like? The that was the century. century. It was like uh, I think oh oh one oh two oh eight something like that. Wow, I think it was seven seasons ago, I believe. Not that I know or care. Clemson <laughs> scoring back with two of their own. There's Rimmer across the line. Richie Chavez scores. What a pass! What a goal! 
a freeloader. I'm sorry. That wasn't on the air, was it? <laughs> the rim man, your close personal buddy. Remember, he used to come in at IOD. Call Don Cherry. Call uh, this one. Call him. I'll never forget as yeah. long as I live. a whole list of to be a thousand. Shocked and dismayed. And all I could Shocked think, and about all I, could think uh, I had to bite my tongue because all I wanted to say was, Who the hell are you? Who are you? What are you doing here and why should I be and talking to you? why are you bossing me around? Right. Yeah. Rima. It's like, oh, you're kind of his? Right. It's one thing to dangle fuzzy dice from a rearview mirror, but decorating a trailer hitch with a large pair of rubber testicles might oh. be a bit too much in Virginia. We were just talking about this. I hope this catches on. State Delegate Lionel Spruill introduced a bill Tuesday to ban displaying replicas of human genitalia on vehicles, calling it a safety issue because it could distract other drivers in Virginia. Under his measure, displaying the or ornamentation on a motor vehicle would be a misdemeanor, punishable by a maximum fine of 250 bucks. He said the idea came from a constituent whose young daughter spotted an example of the trail hitch adornment and asked her father to explain it. What's that, Daddy? Looks like a weenie to me. I didn't know what to tell her, Spruill said a constituent told him before Spruill vowed to stop such displays. I said, sir, I'm going to be a laughingstock, but I'm going to do it, he said. The Virginia General Assembly has some experience with offbeat bills. Three years ago, it drew widespread attention with an unsuccessful effort to outlaw baggy pants worn so low that they expose underwears. Spruill, 61, said the indignity of the droopy drawers debate wouldn't deter him. He said he won't hesitate to bring a set of 24.95 trailer testicles with him for a legislative show-and-tell. I'm going to do it, he told a handful of reporters after Tuesday's House session adjourned. I'm going to bring them out here and show them to you until they tell me to stop. He's going to bring out some uh, testicles. Now, I know somewhere in here, I wonder if I still have that thing where he says testic uh, testicles in Espanol. No, I don't have that. What was that thing called? You know the one I'm talking about? Sure, it's under SP dash. Oh, it's under. I'm very good. The bocas son hecho de testículos, de testículos. Yeah, which some of your people seem to have like an, uh, I don't know, obsession. What are you using uh, my people of that? Your people. The short people have an obsession the with short testicles. short people, like the radio more so, people. More so than uh, your people. Now, let me ask you some, uh, something, because I don't, I don't know what the hell's going on. What's that? Well, I guess I can wait, because I have that gigantic Joyce to deposit, mm -hmm. and I got that uh, package to pick up downstairs. I mean, I don't want to go into this break and then come back and find out this thing ain't going to start for like 10, 15 minutes. Well, we have to coordinate this thing a little bit better. Is there somebody out? Is there actually somebody uh, there? We don't know. Go ahead and go. Like and we'll, we'll cover over here on this. Go end. ahead and go. We go got like a little play on words. Yeah, yeah. 777 go, on the poll, by the way. 77. Oh, my God. I get so excited every time we get that. On the poll. But nevertheless. So, in other words, you'll cover my ass? Yes, with a blanket. Oh, well, get a big blanket in case Johnny Bill comes back in there. Well, we're going to carry that press conference, ho, 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 because Wayne said so, ho, ho, ho. Uh, it beat at 12 to 1 hour on WQAM. Tonight on Bravo, James Lipton hosts Inside the Viral Video Actors Studio. Our guests tonight created an Internet sensation with what they ingested. Please welcome the two girls from Two Girls one cup. Girls, please tell me that in the cup was really just chocolate ice cream. Mm, oh, no. That was real. Mm. It's our art. Uh. We never fake it. Oh, oh God. Uh, now the questionnaire made famous uh, by the great Bernard Pivot. I won't ask you what is your favorite curse word because... I don't think your mouths could be filthier. 
It's the interview you can't bear to watch on Inside the Viral Video Actors Studio. Girls, promise me there won't be a, a sequel. Okay, 12 o'clock at 560 WQM. Here's the press conference. Not. Right. Now, are you watching? Is it on uh, anywhere? No, but we have Josh Cordes here. How are you? We've got the doors open. we got people in all the rooms. We, we own the Josh station now. Let's do something. What? I took the place of Chris Whalen since he will be running the board. And I'm supposed right. to figure out, uh, are you going to be playing music or is that on me? Am we, I going to be playing music? You know, we normally like, uh, we fade it out. Jacks. We you got like covered. jazz in the back of bongos? Nice. Or Andean pan flutes. Well, what do you mean am I going to be playing music? Well, normally we fade it in and out when I was on the show. I did a few press conferences with you. We're going to talk it up. What are you talking about? We're going to fade it in and out. Do you have any idea what you're We're talking gonna about? We're going to fade the black. Do I know what I'm talking about? You used to play... Oh, here's the Dolphins press conference. You play a little music, and then it faded into the press conference. Do you not remember? Yeah, but we have, but but I have no idea. That could be like two minutes, five minutes, fifteen minutes. Well, we're standing by. Are you watching? Is it on ESPN? It is not right it now. It is not on TSN either. They got some piece on Jacques Demers, that frog, and uh, John Ferguson Jr., the inept general mangler of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Don't feel he's a good enough hockey man. Just Jacques Demers, froggy. Hey, froggy, croak. So we don't have that on this, uh, at least not on TNN. Let me check uh, the score, okay? Maybe they got it on there. Shot. Antropov went down, had to be helped off the ice. He would leave the game and would not return more. Don't worry, Nick. I'll kiss it and make him feel better. Just relax. Okay, uh, golf, auto racing. Off the record, we don't want to see that. That's it. That was one after you left. That did frog again. Oh, Cliff Fletcher, let's bring, let's bring that stiff back again. Well, they've got to pot it up in the other room, and uh, apparently when, when this is about to go down, they're just going to give me a holler, and I'm going to tell you. So just, you know, be prepared. Well, they're certainly not going to carry anything from in here while the press conference is on because no, I asked. be sacrilegious. I oh, did no. ask. Oh, no. I knew the answer, but No, I well, I won't be in here anyway for a while, although I could come back and sneak like <laughs> something like that in there. That's because there's no humor when it's involved with something very important like this having to do with sports. So I got to make sure. Okay, it's, uh, I guess it's coming on. Okay, let's go to the Dolphin press conference. I can't imagine what's going to happen. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Still walking in. Still doing what? Hey, this is as interesting as it's going to get. So. Well, why didn't you tell me to go to it? Well, listen, we're just following orders over here. I don't believe it! She gets her money from Rupert, who wants her in for a puppet, willing to do anything. The establishment wants. Republicans want her in because their right-wing agenda she'll give the mud rubber stamp. For the neocons Chillery, swillery Pack up and go home Chillery, swillery Don't wanna see you no more Stamping her feet she whines and cries About losing votes to that other guy who you want leading you Wallowing on about we need change when she's already corporate pocket change Clinton's wife Big deal 
I'm beginning to think the new Dolphin coach may be a little Canadian, eh? Even though he said he's from Jersey. Hey, hey, what do you think? Hey, hey, is he saying hey or a? Hey, hey, hey. What was he saying about four thousand times there? Who? Eight hundred forty-two votes on Chris's poll. Chris is pretty depressed. And why did we just run on both breaks back to back there? To get him out of the way. Whose idea was that? Um, Cordis and I kind of got together on that one. Well, you know something? Next time you guys get together, could be the last time, okay? I don't want to play Bush <laughs> Boss, but bad, bad idea. It's not bad enough that we just blew the audience away for like 25 minutes. That isn't bad enough. But then to do an eight-minute break, I mean, see, if you leave it to the old pro, George can tell you, I can get 8,000 8, spots into 60 minutes if we need to. You can, uh, you can jam a lot of material into a small spot like right, nobody I know. Correct. Right, I could jam on it. Like my foot up Chris's Rectum. ass would be good. Although I think you just said small space. But at any rate, we got out of the way. You're Get it out of the way. I mean, what, what is that? You and Cordis are now the brain trust. What has he got to do with the show anymore? Well, there's now? no PD here. Somebody had to make a decision. Oh, that's right. Josh Cordis <laughs> is acting PD now. That's right. I'm sure Jolly Joey's out to lunch. Or maybe he's uh, rubbing his uh, baldy chia pad. CD PD. What? How you doing? Hey. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure you weren't paying too much attention to that. Now, uh, as, in, as in none. But I'm sure even you noticed he kept saying, Good one. hey, hey. No, I, I turned hey. the monitor down, and I, uh, I called a girlfriend and uh, had a nice political conversation during the whole oh. thing. Well, good. Mm-hmm. Hey? Mm-hmm. Neither Democrats nor Republicans are the best in bed, according to the Playboy survey. It says Republicans and Democrats may be dominating the U.S. presidential race, but when it comes to the bedroom, it's independents who have better sex, according to Playboy magazine's Politics and Sex Survey. More than 45% of those questions said independents were better in the sack, against 36% who thought Democrats were the best lovers, and just over 18% who rated Republicans as the real Don Juans, hey? You see, I'm going to start doing that now, but it's, uh... What? We didn't do it like Canadians, eh? How are you going to do it? More Republicans had sex at least once a week, 55% against only 43% of Democrats, according to the magazine's February edition, which questioned 900 adults aged between 18 and 64. The survey also found that Michelle Obama, the wife of Democratic presidential hopeful Barack Obama, was considered by almost one out of five as the sexiest woman in politics. She was followed by Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice. With 17.5%, First Lady Laura Bush with 16.3%, and Swillery with just 14%. Among former presidents, Bill Clinton emerges as the sexiest, um, beating Ronald Reagan 58.8% to 21.7%. I think Ronnie may have been sexy once upon a time, but he forgot how to do it. Mm-hmm. But at any rate, so that's uh, that from Playboy. So what do we do now, now that we're done with that uh, fiasco? Eh? Uh, let's uh, spend some more. Oh, I was going to ask you. Was it just me that couldn't hear the questions from the reporters, or was it on the air like that? No, it was on the air like that. That's another reason why it's always good to carry these anticlimactic press conferences where we know what's going to be ahead of time, so that we can have all that dead air like, like that, you know? Excellent. Brilliant. And just like when we had those back in the, when, when the hell was it? Back in the spring of last year? 
Boy, time sure flies. When Clarence was doing those basketball games in the middle of our show, remember that? Mm-hmm. College hoops in the middle, in broad daylight while people are still awake. It's, you'd almost think there was like active sabotage going on. Let's see how low we can drive those numbers. Let's get them down to a oh, point. Oh, oh. What, what do you say? And speaking of numbers, the book tomorrow, baby. Say a book. Love names. your beads. The best talent. This is Neil Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. Rogers. What is up with Britney Spears? Her behavior has been described now as a complete meltdown. Police arrive at Britney's home, where they reportedly hear her giggling hysterically inside a locked bathroom. Oh, this is crazy. I'm going after Feeling crazy. Dude is crazy. I'm going Britney Spears reportedly said she shaved off her hair because she was, quote, tired of everybody touching me. Bald, tattooed woman riding with her son Sean in her lap, drinking tequila from a bottle. A paramedic holds down her flailing legs. She's insane. I'm going after real, got a crazy train. She is crazy. Caca for Cocoa Puffs. I'm going after real, got a crazy train. Dr. Phil said she is in dire need of help. I'm Britney Spears reportedly is out of the hospital in L.A. No word on where she is. Crazy! Oh, yeah. She's uh, crazier and uh, nuttier than a fruitcake. But anyway, it's 140. Uh, what is it? 159? See ya. All right. All right. Well, I mean, it's been kind of a, a condensed uh, episode here today. 1246 is what it is. For those who are time watchers out there. We got uh, Jack's back today at 2. Oh! Now, we didn't play any music underneath that press conference. I'm a little disappointed in you guys. Well, I would have thought that Chris and Josh Cordes would have come up with something really creative to play in the background. I was to myself, though. I was playing Stars no. and Stripes forever. You were forever. yourself? Yeah. Wait till you hear about Mike Huckleberry, who, since he's the uh, subject of our poll today. We have 858 in the poll. We'll make the 900 in spite of that horseball press conference. We'll make it, I think. You think how many people do you think are still listening? About 30, man. After pulling an upset in the Iowa caucus, Mike Huckleberry has now pulled a respectable third in two northern primaries, a distant third, but has hopes of doing much better in South Carolina. Nothing could be finer than to win in South Carolina. Huckabee spoke to MSNBC's Joe Scarborough from Columbia, saying enthusiastically, South Carolina is a great place for me. I mean, I know how to eat grits and speak the language. We even know how to talk about eating fried squirrel and stuff like that, so we're on the same wavelength. Mika, I bet you never did this, Huckabee went on, addressing Mika Brzezinski. When I was in college, we used to take a popcorn popper, because that was the only thing they would let us use in the dorm, and we would fry squirrels in a popcorn popper in the dorm room. Mm. You, responded Scarborough, wincing, too much information. You. Huckabee continued by emphasizing the populist basis of his campaign. It's amazing, he stated, I'm the only guy that's getting hammered from just some of these special interest groups. And I think that they'll turn for me and against some of these folks because it's pretty obvious. There's just an anxiety that exists in the Washington Power City's circles about our candidacy. Truck drivers know why they're voting for Mike Huckabee, and that's why I'm convinced we're going to win. Huckabee insisted that no matter what the New York Times may say, the Republican Party is quite vibrant and is merely trying to find a new voice. Oh, everybody's looking to find their voice. Good Lord, that guy's going to connect down there so well with Scarborough's final comment. Oh, yeah, that's Joe Scarborough. What a namby-pamby, pasty-faced jackass. That's Joe Scarborough. And that's why MSNBC, other than Keith Olbermann, ain't got nothing on there. Although they do like to talk politics. 
And boy, Chris Matthews must have succumbed to the article that they wrote about him, about how he hated Hillary and the Clintons in general, and blah, blah, blah. Because last night after the debate, he was kissy, kissing her ass, man. Oh, she did a phenomenal job, and she did that right. Nobody did any phenomenal job. It was just a suck-up for two hours. 861 votes on the Mike Huckleberry poll. If you tuned in late, no calls today or tomorrow or Friday or uh, whenever or the day after that or on the weekend. But why, Neil? Why? Can, can you imagine the desperation? Are, are, have the lines still been ringing? They finally yeah, no, well, there's one, but, you know, they uh, on and off. Sure. Yeah. Don't waste your time, okay, because it ain't going to happen. Oh, they Nobody will. is going to answer their, your waste call. Waste their time? The Think about that for a second. As well, that's if. right. I have no life. I forgot that. But can you imagine what's going on, like, in one certain place there where the three of them are sitting around the table with their pots and pans waiting, just waiting, and... Oh, jeez. Hi, Ron. O.J. Simpson's bail bondsman, Miguel Pereira. Now, that's an interesting poll question. Which would be more interesting, a medley of the chronic callers or that press conference we just had? Hey? Hey? What do you think? Hey? Now, were you watching it, Chris, while it was going on, or was it not on? It must have been on local TV. It was on local TV, and then it was on uh, ESPN News and stuff. wasn't on here anywhere, hey? They didn't give a rat's ass about it. Oh, not another dolphin coaching change. Well, that happens, like, you know, as often as people change their underwear, eh? O.J. Simpson's bail bondsman, Miguel Pereira, took the witness stand today as prosecutors attempted to prove Simpson violated terms of his release on bail as he awaits a robbery trial. Simpson was brought to court in jail attire today to answer charges. Att- you ought to be getting pretty used to those orange jumpsuits, you know. I'm Simpson's at- attorney, Gabriel Grasso, filed a motion late yesterday urging a judge to reject Clark County D.A. Rod- David Rogers' effort to have Simpson jailed without bail until his April 7th trial. The prosecutor alleges that Simpson detailed in a November 16th message when he wanted Pereira to tell Stewart, one of his co-defendants, what's the guy's name? Clarence C.J. Stewart. I just want C.J. to know that I'm tired of this crap, Simpson's quoted as saying, Schmidt, fed up with uh, a-holes charging or changing what they told me, all right? Pereira may be called as a witness. He left a message instructing me to do something violating a court order, Pereira told Associated Press, after Simpson was jailed again last week. I don't want to get involved in such a dilemma or a criminal act, he said. Stewart's lawyer, Jose Pallotta, said he didn't know whether the message reached Stewart. Simpson told Biggest Justice of the Peace Joe Bonaventure September 19 that he understood he was not to have contact with anyone involved in the case, not even by passenger pigeon. Remember that? Remember the judge giving that song to dance? Right. Yes. Stewart and fellow co-defendant Charles Ehrlich don't have to appear for the hearing and remain free on bond. Poor O.J. Oh, he's just getting a bum rap again. He just, they just did out to get O.J. Yeah. Morons. Yeah, that's right. He's above the law. Because he's a jock, you know, an ex-jock, so he, therefore he's above the law. He, he can make it up as he goes along. Right. Isn't that part of the law? That's the way it works at QAM, baby. That's why we have the OJ tribute room where uh, the water Nazi used to sit. I'm about to know water Nazi. you got to admit, we sure had an interesting cast of characters these ten years plus. Oh, yeah. Eh? Eh? <laughs> 871 votes on your poll. You'll get 900, no problem. In fact, if it weren't for that uh, horrible press conference, we might have made 1,000 today. But I have a feeling that uh, some people may have abandoned us for a little while, hey? I'm sure we had loads of people uh, listening in. Loads? Uh-huh. Yeah. We had piles. But loads. Oh, and you'll be pleased to know, not only I go down and get the new discs, but I also had a gigantic joist there. Oh, man. What a wonderful experience. Aren't well, you good. pleased? Good for you. I am. 
Happy well, I mean, what else are you going to do during something like that, hey? hey? Call your girlfriend. Oh, okay. Call her what? Slut? Honey. <laughs> Sweetie pie. Oh, I see. I thought maybe you meant... You bitch, you slut, you whore. According to former Secretary of State Colin Powell, and you know something, it's almost 1 o'clock. Now, I grant you, we didn't have that press conference, but how many calls have we taken today? Oh! None. I don't, I don't feel that there's any uh, problem. We haven't missed a beat, you know what I'm saying? What are you saying? I'm saying we need those calls like we need. as the Chinese say. You want to need beat? calls like we need a hole in the head on this show. Oh, I like the way Neil interacts with the callers. Oh, yeah, I bet you do, man. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised if some of the chronics are on his payroll. As part of the uh, overall plan to, mm -hmm. um, you know, well, like I said, if you're uh, the Jews lose, that's the new motto. Q, and we got a big sign in front. Jews lose. Isn't that what it says? I think so. In Hebrew. <laughs> oh. Hey? According to former Secretary of State Colin Powell, even though the homeland is safer now than prior to 9-11, alleged, the U.S. may have gone too far and paid too high a price. During a speaking engagement in New Orleans Monday before the American Farm Bureau Federation's 89th Annual Convention, Powell said that a year and a half after 9-11, he went to President Bush and told him just that. We can't go too far because we have now paid too high a price for these new procedures, Powell claims he told Bush. New procedures, my ass. Invasive and burdensome screening of passengers at airports and other anti-terrorism measures had become distasteful to many people around the world, Powell said, noting that he played a big part in getting those measures in place after the 9-11 terrorist attacks. And he acknowledged that people seeking medical treatment, tourists and students who might have come to the U.S., are now going elsewhere. We're starting to create an impression in the rest of the world that says we really don't want to welcome you here anymore, and that's bad, Powell said. That's bad, eh? A Minnesota newspaper had so many youngsters around the world, especially Muslim youth, stopped applying to attend U.S. universities. He said people abroad with illnesses aren't trying to seek treatment at the Mayo Clinic, and they aren't coming to recreational facilities in the U.S.A., Powell said. Eh? Foreign students are heading to France and elsewhere instead, Powell said, because it's obvious you can get a quality education at these places now, and you don't have to go to a place that seems not to welcome you or hassles you at the airport. While he delivered a message of continuing a fight on terrorism and not living in fear, Powell noted, they can knock down a building and will rebuild. They may get through and kill some of our fellow citizens and will mourn and go after them, but the one thing the terrorists cannot do, can never do, is change the nature of our welcoming system based on the set of values that say, come, this is America, we fear no one. We will not take counsel of our fears and will remain this welcoming country we've always been, he said. That's the country's greatest strength in this time of terror. He said, let's not change ourselves, let's change them, let's go after them. Yeah, when are we going to start doing that? The comment drew a lot of applause from the delegates, with about 5,000 expected for the four-day convention of the nation's largest farmer and rancher organization. Powell also touched base on agriculture, the economy, global warming, and education. The former Secretary of State for the Bush administration, the sellout, is mostly retired now, spending most of his time on speaking tours, raking in the cash. Sellout, rolling colon. When in doubt, time to sell out. Holding up that vial at the U.N. Well, that was a pretty vile act, if you ask me. Eh? Mm-hmm. Too bad you weren't listening, because you would have gotten a real chuckle. No, it's not too bad eh? at all. I got eh? a lot done. Eh? How's it going? Eh? It's going great. 877 on Chris's pool about, uh, what's his name? Mike Cuckleberry. So we got all the spots in this hour. How do you like that? Although it was a very bad... You know, you and Cordis got together. That was, And we could have discussed it over the intercom. The only problem being the intercom goes on the air. Exactly. So we had no way to communicate. Although George could have, like, uh, sent me a text message in between making all those dates with those hot slots. 
Hey. Okay, this Scott Farrell. And when I'm up in Boca Chica slapping old women with painted lips around the pool, I listen to the Neil Rogers one to two hours. I mean, I listen to the Neil Rogers fair and balance one to two hours. You know, this, this is very personal for me. It's not just political. It's not just public. I see what's happening. We have to reverse it. I have so many opportunities for this country. I just don't want to see us fall backwards. Think you is a candidate. Lots of people think is a witch. Like Obama bothers her. Hillary wants to hit him with her thing. Think you can the White House. Instead of Air Force One, we'll fly on a broom. What will the world be like and home foreclosures? You'll feel the heat. You may not know what to do. Being in charge is demanding. Stand up for me. And people think she's too cold. To get elected in the first place. Obama's lead is expanding. To feel pride. Her face has lots of wrinkles. She looks old. Yells at me like she's my mother. The goodness and greatness of America. Her tears were all alive. I just don't want to see us fall backwards. Candidates scream at each other. <laughs> This is what it sounds like when Hillary cries. <laughs> oh, Barack Obama wants this more, more, more. Well, you don't realize that I'm making you all a ton of money. And all you do is write a bunch of garbage about me. You're lucky I'm even campaigning for you, bastards. Leave Hillary alone. <laughs> I love it. It's uh, 101 at 560 WQM. We're back on the Neil Rogers Show, okay? We have no more press conferences scheduled for today. No more hirings, no more firings of uh, jocks, okay? Aw, that was too bad. 887. Yeah, let's have another one this hour, okay? Okay, let's go to the press conference again. Let's, re- let's replay it. If you missed Tony Soprano That's what I heard before I That sounds like Bubba. What's that bit where he's doing that, where he's going, wah, wah, wah? What is that bit? Uh, something in Chappaqua, day in life in Chappaqua, something, something. Clinton's in Chappaqua. Yeah, that's it. Okay. That's, wah, uh, wah, wah, that's wah. Hillary that, uh, sounds like that, by the way. <laughs> Still, to this day. No, it is not. Yes, it is. Uh, here it is, I think. No. I'm yes. not going to play oh, the, the whole thing. Just sure. their wah, first wah, wah. night in Chappaqua. Oh, I'll get it, honey. There you go. See, He's on her. his way to the door. See, you're knocking Swillery. You know who else is knocking her? Jank Uger from the Smirking Chimp. Remember Jank? Jess. He says, I've spent a lot of time defending Hillary Clinton over the last couple of weeks because of the silly nature of the attacks against her. The infamous crying episode is the most obvious example of this phenomenon. When it comes to the absurd personality-based coverage of the major media outlets, she can't catch a break. They can't make up their minds whether she laughed or cried too much or too little. The only thing that's guaranteed is that she's guilty of all of the above no matter what. Other than being ridiculous, this criticism also misses the real problem with Senator Clinton. There's ample ground on which to criticize the junior senator from New York. She has surrounded herself with accommodationists and triangulators. Her advisors seem to constantly tell her to give half a loaf to George Bush and Dick Cheney, led Republicans, and almost the whole loaf is gone. Other critics have done a better job of analyzing her advisors and her triangulation better than I can hope to do here, so I want to focus on one overwhelming problem with Hillary Clinton. 
She claims that George W. Bush is the worst president we've ever had. Yet in her entire time in the Senate, she has never led one <laughs> successful fight against him. She's either lost every legislative battle on Iraq or, worse yet, been complicit. The vote to authorize the war was one thing, but how about all the votes to continue to support Bush's war for all the remaining years, let alone every other issue on which Bush got exactly what he wanted, up to including this year when Democrats and Senator Clinton were theoretically in charge. I understand that leaders are supposed to lead, yet I've never seen Senator Clinton lead her fellow Democrats in a successful challenge of President Bush. Never. That's a pretty awful record. Now, it would be one thing if George Bush was a popular president who was hard to defeat politically, but in fact, he's just the opposite. He's the most deeply unpopular president of our lifetimes, and Hillary Clinton kept getting her ass kicked by that guy every day. That's the real criticism that should be leveled against Hillary Clinton, yet I've almost never seen anyone make this point on TV. Part of the reason for that, of course, is because her opponents, Barack Obama and John Edwards, didn't do better in their time in the Senate either, so they are embarrassed into an awkward silence on the matter. The reason I hold Senator Clinton to a higher standard, other than the fact that she's been there longer, is that she has the biggest name recognition and could have let her fellow Democrats, but chose not to. Instead, she chose accommodation and capitulation. There's a record, there's a record worth criticizing if anybody ever gets around to it. Nice going, Jank. Nice going, baby. But according to Chris Matthews, who's an expert on politics and talking out of the side of both mouth, both sides, just she was wonderful last night. Oh, she was so clever and. Uh, I thought the whole thing was boring as all get out. We got 893 on Chris's poll, so the 900s are given. And like I said, we got screwed, man. We got screwed and tattooed, eh? If he did, how many times? How many thousand times? About 30, man. Did he say hey or a or whatever it is that he, that affectation he's got? How many, in 25 minutes? 30,000 at least. Really? Chris heard it. I hey. heard it. I heard it, but uh, I thought he said important or something like that. Something else uh, a lot also. You know something? Nope. Your days on this planet, I think, are numbered. You, you are just... Well, what, what does that have to do with what I just said? Because I mean, I wasn't really paying attention to much of the press. Why not? Why not? You're the big fan. You're the one that's always making excuses, okay, and covering up for the, uh, the uh, in, insufficiencies of the organization. You're the one that's always giving me a song to dance about how the Patriots suck and they're lucky and they're this and they cheat and blah, 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 and Tom Brady. You only wish, you only wish that you were Tom Brady. That's true. Even George wishes he was Tom Brady. Sure, I'll take it. Just for all the ass that Tommy's getting on the side. He doesn't want to impregnate all those chicks, though, although George occasionally, uh, you know, by accident. I've been known well, too, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes by accident. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes. Well, sometimes it's just trickery, you know. It's witchcraft. Sometimes. Sure. Witchcraft. That's right. That's right. What's your take on Mike Huckabee? <laughs> That's our poll question today. Oh, thank God to be oh gay. Yeah, we're not making too many babies lately. Yeah, but you still get trapped. There you go again. See what? There you go again. Ripping my ripping my life. <laughs> go ahead. I, I can handle it. I'd like to handle it, but unfortunately, oh, anyway, what's your take on Mike Huckabee? A religious nut. Three forty nine. Dangerous, 224. No chance, 218. Well, you wait till we get to those southern primaries, man. All them rednecks and truck drivers start coming out and voting for Mike Huckleberry. You see. He's a good old boy. He used to eat fried squirrel and the popcorn popper. He's our next president. Fifty lunatics say that. A true believer, 31. Yeah, that's that's part of the problem. Oh, there's speaking of crazy people. Sam, we do. There's Nancy How Disgrace. It leaves every 30 minutes in the morning. 30 minutes and in the morning. And we go to the airport as people call for a shuttle. 
okay? Can okay. someone who's there at the microtel... Oh, it, my God. There are just some people, you see them on TV and you want to take a club and just club... I mean, I'm not a violent person, as you know, but... I mean, they're busy clubbing, they're busy clubbing the baby seals and poor Nancy Grace they leave alone. What a shame. Get onto the shuttle, or do they have to... Yeah, have get onto the shuttle, honey, and go into outer space. Go to Uranus. Mike Huckabee, our next president, 50, a true believer, 31, and who's Mike Huckabee, 21? 21 silly people. Not the, oh, 903 now. Am I right? We'd have had a good shot at 1,000. We'd, we'd have had a run for it. Oh, well. But they shut us off for 25 minutes, so the most... Oh, ponderous, unendurable, and then another eight minutes of spots. Because we sure as hell weren't going to sacrifice any spots to put that swill on the air. Were we? No. No. We had to pacify Wayne Baldy by putting that on, but we sure as hell weren't going to miss out any spots. And Josh Cordes and Chris made damn sure of that. Right. I bet you somebody got to them. You think, George? It's possible, but no, I don't. I don't think that was the case here. No. I think they were really, you know, trying to get it done, uh, you know, out of the way. The awkward way. The best of intentions. The, the tune-out way to make sure that everybody stayed tuned well, out. Well, I think the rationale was everyone's already tuned out, so what could it hurt at this Although point? Although people listening to the station ought to be used to like uh, 8 and 10 and 15 and 20 minute breaks, so there's no problem. Don't do it again. Okay. Doug Thompson uh, has a column here, America's Uncontrollable War Machine, man. It's a bad machine, man. He says, from George W. Bush's war machine comes word that thousands more Marines will soon head for Afghanistan to fight the war he abandoned nearly five years ago for the ill-conceived invasion of Iraq. This doesn't mean we're getting out of Iraq. We'll probably be debating the Iraq war in the 2012 presidential campaign, along with the war in Afghanistan, the war in Iraq, and God knows where else. Call it the endless war syndrome, the result of too many years of out-of-control policies that have left us with little choice but to fight on and on for fictitious reasons and an arrogant illusion of superiority. Bush has placed this country in an untenable position. We have no business in Iraq, but we can't leave. We could have finished the job in Afghanistan in 2003, but we pulled out, uh, pulled out to fight this useless war in Iraq. Bush will spend most of his final year in office trying to find a way to declare war on Iran. John McCain says he doesn't care if troops are in Iraq for the next hundred years. Hillary Clinton won't commit to withdrawing troops from harm's way. No other first-year candidate in either party promises to bring all the troops home if elected. America's war machine is on automatic pilot. Nobody knows where to find a break. American conceit exists on the notion that our way of life is the only acceptable way for all other nations to live. Our system, our leaders believe, is the only acceptable one for all other peoples. We attempt to export an illusion of democracy that doesn't even exist in our own country. We have still the virtues of a freedom that we as Americans lost a long time ago. We preach ideals that we neither support nor practice. We're a nation built on a false premise, attempting to force the lie on a world that no longer trusts or admires us. Diplomacy is an option because when trust dies, peaceful negotiation becomes collateral damage. So the only thing we have left is military force and the constant politically expedient need to invent excuses to use it. That's why your buddy Dougie T, he's starting to butch up a little bit again, okay? They must have left. They must have left and he may have run out the window or something. All right. Because I had a feeling they really got to him there for a few days. He was really wimpy as hell, man. Wimpy as a limp noodle. And one thing about Doug Thompson on CapitalHillBlue.com, he's usually not wimpy or limp, but nevertheless. Oh, maybe he's limp. I don't know. I don't care. He's an old guy with a beard. 909 on the poll. What a shame, man. What a shame. 912. They're coming in in chunks now. We could have made the thousand. Thanks a lot, Tony Soprano. Maybe he made him an offer they couldn't refuse. Biggest names. The best talent. Hey. Sports Radio 550 QAM. The Sports Leader. Q. 
finally found a judge that's got some real balls, okay? Lady judge. I think it is Jackie, Jackie Glass. Okay. The judge doubled O.J.'s bail to 250 grand today after learning that he never paid any money to a bail bondsman when he initially was released. Simpson attorney Yale Galanter, Yanta Galanter, said Simpson planned to use his Miami, Florida home to secure bond, but the judge insisted that he put down 15% in cash, 37500 bucks. Judge Jackie Glass said, I don't want him out of the jail until that 15% is paid. Right. Well, let's take up a collection from our sports nerds. 37 sure. grand should be easy. They got it right here. Simpson's bail bondsman, Miguel Pereira of U-Ring We Spring, took the witness... <laughs> what a great line. You ring, we spring. Took the witness stand today as prosecutors attempted to prove Simpson violated terms of his release on bail as he waits a robbery trial. Yeah. Just, just one moment, please. Okay. Make sure you want me to play some music. No, I'm, I'm just... Would you relax? Just taking a sip of uh, okay. diet soda here? You know, you never know. You are really surly lately, man. I don't know. Uh, listen, the line drops all the time, as you know. The bail bondsman testified that Simpson had never paid him and that he had to pay a $40 fee out of his own pocket. Simpson was brought to court in jail attire today to answer charges that he attempted to contact a co-defendant in his armed robbery case, but it never got that far. Simpson's attorney, Gabriel Grasso, filed a motion late yesterday. Well, we know that. We know that. He did this, he did that. I don't want to keep reading the same parts of the story we had before. The district attorney says Simpson told Pereira in an expletive-laced message to tell co-defendant C.J. Stewart how upset Simpson was about testimony during their preliminary hearing. Grasso said the document says O.J. Simpson in no way violated any conditions of his release. Rogers' motion alleges Simpson committed new crimes but doesn't elaborate. Dan Kulin, a spokesman for Rogers, declined to say whether new charges would be filed against Simpson. Legal experts had said the judge probably would allow Simpson another chance at bail because he's not facing a capital murder charge. A person is entitled to bail under the Nevada Constitution, said Tom Pitaro, a defense attorney and adjunct professor at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, Boyd School of Law. But the court can, and probably will, modify the conditions of his bail to get his attention, Pitaro said. To get his attention. How about this? That would get his attention. Legal experts had said the judge probably would allow Simpson another chance at bail because he's not facing a capital murder charge. Uh, but the prosecutor alleges that Simpson detailed in November 16th message what he wanted Pereira to tell Stewart. Uh, and we went through that before. Pereira may be called as a witness. Stewart's lawyer, Jose Pilar, said he didn't know whether the message reached Stewart. Already read that, too. Is there anything new in here? No. And not the only thing that's new is that the judge doubled the bail, and she wants the cash now and learned he never paid any money to the bail bondsman when he initially was released the first time. How do you like that? Can you say scumbag? Can you say slimeball? I, I can. Can you say, huh? I can, yeah. Okay. No, you can't. Not anymore. Have you, have you run that by Joyce yet? 
I run something by Joyce. <laughs> yeah. I'd like you to run by Joyce what I deposited during that uh, press conference. Believe you me. From head to toe. Nevertheless, where's those great calls, Neil? You won't hear them. Don't got them, don't want them, ain't going to get them, you ain't going to hear them. Are there any lines ringing? No. No. Well, maybe I'll take a call or two. <laughs> Come on, let's see. Let me see what happens if I say that we might take some calls before the end of the hour here. I might relent. Maybe there might be somebody good now, you know. Maybe all the chronics have gone away. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty in the Verizon singular wireless line. Let's light up that phone, man, like a Hanukkah bush. Come on, you can do it. What a shame, Chris. You'd have, you'd have done it because we're going to get like about nine sixty nine seven. We'd have had the thousand votes. So put an asterisk next to this thing in the record book, you know. All right, we'll do in our in our running ongoing log. I don't see those lines lighting up, man. Of course, that 45-minute delay. Oh, there they go. You see them start lighting up there? Oh, they're almost all lit up now. And I'm reaching over right now and shutting the thing off. Like, <laughs> well, you didn't really think I was going to take any. No, I didn't. <laughs> I am not. Let me say it again because I know a lot of people don't hear the whole four hours. They didn't hear the very beginning of the show. And I'm going to repeat it as often as I can. I am not going to turn the rest of my career, the rest of my life, the rest of my mind, the rest of my job over to 15 or 20 lunatics who think that this show is about them calling and making funny sounds. Yeah, yeah, present, yeah. Do it to each other, okay? I'm sure that uh, wouldn't be the first time. Just uh, go right. run around, run around the hood, okay? And uh, find somebody with an open window and just yell in the window, Prozac, I'm your friend. And, and when you hear this this sound, that means you're probably going to be dead. Do I have time for the Marine Dog column? Boy, it's long. Faith, freedom, and bling in the Middle East. Maybe I better save it for next half hour. Boy, I've got a huge pile. Yeah. And you want to know why? Why? I'll tell you why, because I know that every day I'm going to be babbling for four hours, and I'm not going to be taking any of these stupid-ass right. calls. Excellent. Oh, but I like the way... Well, you know something? It's really kind of a moot point, isn't it? I mean, maybe when we go mm. to work on a real radio station, they sure. might do something about the phone situation. Right. As opposed, as opposed to a general manager saying, I don't know what to tell you. That was his, that was his stock answer right. to almost every problem we not ever Not to had. mention, on a real radio station, we'll have a broader pool to draw from, you know? Oh, really? Remember the olden days? <laughs> oh. Now, who wrote this column? Francis Kissling on uh, Salon.com. She says, in the wake of Hillary Clinton's surprising win Tuesday and all the wrong-headed punditry leading up to it, there's been much discussion about why women voters rallied en masse for her in New Hampshire. Some believe she benefited from a powerful backlash against her many eager naysayers in the media. But whatever the reason for her campaign's resurgence, I still don't buy Clinton as the women's candidate. I'm a lifelong feminist, and the crucial election I'm supporting John Edwards, whose economic policies, I think, will best serve women. Barack Obama is a close second, with Hillary a distant third. At first, as a feminist, I felt strange, almost embarrassed not to support Clinton, but it wasn't a tough decision. I did some soul-searching, and in the end, there were too many issues of principle on which he was willing to compromise. Her commitment to practicality over principle made it hard to be enthusiastic about her candidacy. At the same time, watching Clinton in Iowa and New Hampshire was a roller coaster ride. There were moments when I just wanted to throw in the towel and support her. Those flashes of humanity and passion, the confidence she expresses in her record, the reality that she probably is a good person her husband says she is. I imagine her frustration with people like me who sell her short and won't settle for the conventional wisdom of what a woman has to do to get elected and trust her. 
And then, then she would frustrate me with her almost absolute inability to understand that being a leader is much more than an exercise in competency. It's the ability to capture people's imaginations and make them believe that there is indeed hope. The low point was her dismissal of Obama's and Edwards' visionary platforms as false hopes. Jung's bad mother wagging her finger at the boy who dared to promise the American people more than they could deliver was too much. I contrast the closing speeches from New Hampshire, Obama's three words, yes, we can, and Clinton's heartfelt claim of having found her voice, an unspoken acknowledgment that she had to learn, and she learned it. One goes to bed with the feeling that the next six weeks will include a national opportunity for all but the far right to take apart questions of race, gender, class, and political integrity in a way it was the first 21st, uh, this is the first 21st century election. Will Obama force Clinton into the new millennium? Can she meet my expectations? Then her record enters my consciousness, her votes on Iraq, the Patriot Act, the Iranian Revolutionary Guard. I wonder if I am, as anti-feminists are constantly taunting, one of those women who is jealous of other women. Am I harder on women than on men? After all, the first qualified woman who becomes president isn't likely to be everything a feminist would like her to be. Am I not just practical enough to hold my nose and go with a qualified woman? Clinton is to be respected for her intelligence, knowledge of the issues, and consistent work for social justice. There is not one best person to be president, no doubt in my mind. If elected on most issues, she'll make good decisions, do the best that can be done in difficult circumstances, as would Edwards and Obama, work to change some elements of the debacle of the Bush years. But her approach to Iraq makes me think she would, she would more quickly and inappropriately use military power than other Democrats, and that's impossible to ignore. The decision about whom to support is also based on more subtle issues of character, a sense of where the candidates will lead us and how much of a socially transformative vision for America they have. Being a feminist means not only supporting policies that improve women's lives, but that lead to a new understanding of women's and men's nature, identity, and role in the world. It means an unrelenting attention to the questions of exclusion, marginalization, and leveling the playing field. Asking whether Clinton is that person isn't just a fair question, it's the feminist question, and answering that, the history of centrist Democrats and Clintonism must be confronted. Now, I've never been a centrist Democrat, and everything I've seen of Clintonism in the Democratic Leadership Council confirms that women are far down on their priority lists. But there must be some small space in the political world in which women are important. It's also not to say that Clinton doesn't care about women. Of course she does, and she's supported and will support many policies that improve women's health, employment, and education. Perhaps one hears so little of that commitment on the campaign trail because it's assumed that the woman candidate doesn't have to talk about those issues. But whatever the reason, there's no evidence that Clinton's feminist history currently influences her thinking about women or that it's any further advanced than Obama's and Edwards' thinking. The sad fact is that Clinton has felt compelled to run as a stereotypical male. In her own mind, it's only a certain kind of man who's qualified to be president, and she will be that man, tough on everything from war, flag burning, kids' access to video games, illegal immigrants, and Palestinians. She's missed the opportunity to talk about what it really means for women to be equal in the country. She's shown no interest in using her extensive international experience for pushing more for women in party leadership, state legislatures, and even the Senate. A woman candidate who considered her gender a strength as opposed to something she needed to overcome would announce a series of measures specifically designed to ensure that women's needs and rights were at the forefront of her agenda. For example, she might begin by following the European example and create a cabinet post on women. In addition to outlining her foreign policy and foreign affairs, she might write about women from a thoroughly modern perspective. As important as they are, they are, there's nothing new about talking about issues such as violence against women or research on women's health issues or funding family planning at home and abroad. We need a candidate who advocates for the economic benefits that women all over Europe and increasingly women in developing countries have, better support for the retirement of women who don't work outside the home, paid family and medical leave, expansion of social security benefits to spouses, mostly women. And we need a feminist candidate for president who isn't afraid of issues such as gay marriage, adoption, and America's changing attitude toward women's sexuality and all sexuality. 
When John Edwards stepped up to the podium to concede victory to Barack Obama, he said, the one thing that is clear here in Iowa is that the status quo lost and change won. I don't want a feminism that's part of the status quo, and so I don't want the first woman president to be a Clintonian. Every time Hillary Clinton puts on the mantle of the Bill Clinton presidency and reminds us of how important it is to be practical and work with the other side to get things done, I think of every cowardly practical choice that Bill Clinton, or should I say the Clintons together, made. The don't ask, don't tell, sell out of gays in the military, the abandonment of Lanny Gunier, a failed health care reform package that would have sacrificed women's reproductive health to the Catholic Church's demands as moral arbiter, a welfare reform bill that actually hurt poor women and their families, and presidential approval of a permanent ban on Medicaid funds for poor women seeking abortions. The women's movement, along with other progressive movements, did little to change the Clinton administration to live up to its campaign promises, and now it seems that the longtime women's movement is falling into the same trap over Hillary Clinton's candidacy. Just read the feckless and stale defense of Clinton's record on the war posted in the National Organization for Women's websites to get a sense of how willing some of the feminists at Seventh are to defend any woman, regardless of her track record. But some women aren't buying it. We'd like to see a woman president more than anything we want to be able to say at the end of the first woman's tenure in the highest political office that it really mattered, that the first woman president did things that no man would have done, that feminist values were at the core of her decisions, and that the country was on the road to further transformation. <laughs> at 560 WQAM. 943 votes on your poll, Chris. What a shame. We, we'd have made the 1,000, I guarantee you. I bet your life on it. Oh, well. We would have made a 1,000 if it weren't have been for that horrible, that, uh, hey, hey, hmm? how's it going, hey? Hey, 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 hey. At the press conference with the uh, new uh, Tony Soprano, the Dolphins' 85th new coach this decade. In an effort to help Senator Larry Craig... The ACLU is arguing that people who have sex in public bathrooms have an expectation of privacy. <laughs> well, what? There's an expectation of privacy. I think it's just Period. a stall routine, if you ask me. <laughs> Craig Amato is asking the Minnesota Court of Appeals to let him withdraw his guilty plea to disorderly conduct stemming from his bathroom sex sting at the Minneapolis airport. I yep. bet it stung. <laughs> Has that ever happened to you? Pickle here? Ever have sex sting? 
As a matter of fact, not that I can recall. Okay. How about you? No, not lately. Burns. Not lately, no. The ACLU filed a brief Tuesday supporting Craig. It cited a Minnesota Supreme Court ruling 38 years ago that found that people who have sex in closed stalls in public restrooms have a reasonable expectation of privacy. That means the state can't prove Craig was inviting an undercover officer to have sex in public, the ACLU wrote. The Republican senator was arrested June 11 by an undercover officer who said Craig tapped his feet and swiped his hand under a stall divider in a way that signaled he wanted sex. Craig has denied that saying his actions were misconstrued. The ACLU argued that even if Craig was inviting the officer to have sex, his actions wouldn't be illegal. The government can't prove beyond a reasonable doubt that Senator Craig was inviting the undercover officer to engage in anything other than sexual intimacy that would not have called attention to itself in a closed stall in the public restroom, the ACLU wrote in its brief. The fact that the walls of the stall were like banging and clanging and practically falling down, that wouldn't have brought anybody's attention either, and that there may have been grunting and groaning sounds inside. Right. Maybe they were going to do it very quietly. Yeah, not if you do it right. The ACLU also noted that Craig was originally charged with interference with privacy, which it said was an admission by the state that people in the bathroom stall expect privacy. Craig at one point, of course, said he would resign, but now he's finishing his term, baby, which ends in next January 2009. Got a year to go. They're just stalling for time. Mm -hmm. 9.48. What a shame, man. That breaks my heart. Yeah, play the uh, rim shot. Yeah, there, there you go. Play the rimmer shot. Say that stall line Let's play some bongo music in the back, which reminds me that Jax is back today. Uh, and, of course, I'm sure he's going to have lots to say. I'm going to tune in at least for the opening bit. What? You know, you got to hear that opening bit. Every no. Day. No, I'm going to lunch today at 2 o'clock. I'm going to go and have me a nice, uh, quiet, private lunch. I don't know what yet. What do I want? Burger, no bun? i got to do something about that blood sugar, man. My blood yeah, sugar yeah. has been so bad for, like, months. For months. I thought you had it down. When was that? About three years ago. About six months ago? <laughs> yeah. It's been bad, really bad. Ask me if I had more ice cream yesterday. You know what kind of haagen I had yesterday? What kind of haagen did you have yesterday? Uh, caramel cone explosion. It sucks. Then why'd you have it? Because uh, I didn't know it sucks. And the worst part of the deal is it's not one of the really new flavors. Have you noticed that the Ben & Jerry's... Um, or, and, no, it's not, I'm, I'm backwards. See, I'm thinking about Ben and Jerry's. That's right, it's Hagen does. And that's why it sucked. It was watery and it sucked. But the Ben and Jerry's containers, the, the logo, the whole thing is different now, and the new flavors like the Gobfather, and oh, God. Yeah, it's not the same. You people that bought Ben and Jerry's, man, you ought to be on death row. And actually, they're doing me a favor. I mean, once in a while, I'll find like a chocolate, uh, a New York super fudge chunk or something like that. I can handle that. That'll pacify me, you know, for mm -hmm. about 10 minutes. But generally speaking, those new ones with those real kind of like, they look like kitty, uh, kitty stuff, you know, like, uh, yeah. you know what I mean? No, kitty what? Kitty crap? Like for little kids, you know, the, uh, the boxes, the containers. Like, little kids don't go out and buy ice cream, do they? Buy the pint? Nobody I know. Maybe that's why all little kids weigh 600 pounds and they're all getting diabetes. Could be. Oh, there's uh, your buddy Mitt Romney. In such trouble. Uh, and that there is such identification with the Democrats. And that's Carl Bernstein, who doesn't look so a day over 100. this year is just because of things like that. Yeah, I think you have to still look at McCain as, as the front runner uh, because he's got some more substance to him. And it's in his cheek, whatever the substance is in his cheek. Maybe, it's, maybe he's got a big chaw of gum in there, huh? Or a big chaw of uh, tobacco. Think? Could be. Maybe at the final Republican debate, he's going to spit a big gob of uh, of uh, tobacco juice out of Mitt Romney. What do you think? 
That could be it. That might be what puts him over the edge, man. <laughs> All right. Anyway, 949 votes on the poll. We're going to fall a little bit short, and only because of Tony Soprano. Thanks. Thanks, Joe. You idiot. You fat ass. The sports leader. Baby. Okay, 16 till 2. Now, let me ask you a stupid question. You know that bit you played allegedly off uh, Chicken X disc this week uh, that you played earlier? Yes. That's not on my disc, I don't believe. It what should what be. is that called? Jesse Jackson Lee. Oh, that's what it's called. Oh, I didn't yeah. realize that. Oh. I just saw him in the hall. Great guy. Who's that? Jax? Yeah. Very nice and, guy. And no, he's got a lot it? of interesting things to say off the air. Just uh, you know, You'll never hear it during the show. He'll be reading the heat stats, I'm sure. Boy, you got some nerve, man. What, criticizing that show? No, just in general. Oh, okay, yeah, I do. Anyway, uh, speaking of uh, the reason I played that die bold computers, New Hampshire today began the process of recounting the Democratic ballots cast in last week's primary. Shortly before 8 o'clock this morning, the ballots that had been stored in Manchester were loaded onto hand trucks to begin the journey to Concord. The recount was requested by little Dennis Kucinich, who paid 27 grand of his own money, to the, or of somebody's money, to the Secretary of State to begin the recount. The big thing, I think, is to determine if the paper ballot count, the hand count, matches the machine total, said Emmanuel Krasner, an observer for the Kucinich campaign. Kucinich has questioned the integrity of the voting process, citing rumors of problems that led to disparities between hand-counted and machine-counted votes. The recount's expected to take some time. In other words, you should live so long. Secretary of State Bill Gardner told observers they have the right to see every ballot. As you sit there, make sure you nod or give an indication before they go on to the next ballot, Gardner said. Nod or just nod off. Or just uh, pull up your eyelid and uh, let your eyeball pop out like the judge in Palm Beach as you're looking for the hanging chad. Along with the Kucinich campaign, representatives from the Swillery Clinton campaign and others who said they're interested in fair elections were observing the recount. Oh, since when is Swillery and Bill interested in fair elections? Now that they're trying to deprive all those damn... um, Service workers in Vegas from voting on uh, Saturday, meaning dark folks? 
It's just unbelievable, the crap that they're pulling. Because oh, yeah. that's one thing about Swillery and her campaign and her husband. They're going to win at any cost, no matter what they have to do, no matter how mm-hmm. low they have to stoop. Makes me lose my respect for him. They're political yes. creatures. Yes. And, of course, they're creatures of the establishment. Keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. The results will be tracked through the process, and Kucinich could end it at any time. He asked that it start with Manchester districts, which were counted by machines. He said he doesn't expect the recount to change his vote count much. Not his. State Democratic Chairman Ray Buckley said he also doesn't think the recount will show any dramatic change, but he believes it serves a valuable purpose, just like uh, Flipper. He was a valuable purpose. Oh, I think Sandy was a lot more valuable, but then again, how's Luke Halpin doing, by the way? Still alive? How's he yes. doing what? I don't know. It. I think spot-checking really proves to the voters in New Hampshire that the votes are corrected, uh, counted correctly. He said, I think it's not only an important thing for the people in New Hampshire, but across the country. Republican Albert Howard of Michigan has asked for a recount of the Republican ballots, but hasn't paid for it yet. Gardner said that if Howard comes up with the money later, his office will reconsider the request. Let's start counting them over and over and over until we get the result that we like. And then if we don't get it, we'll go to the Supreme Court and make sure that George Bush's friends say, Stop the recount! Stop the vote! You know, like that. Don't we have a bit called Stop the Vote? Yes. Stop the Count? Something like that. Stop Anybody who lived through that, just, you know, you have to shake your head. How can anybody have any confidence that anybody's vote counts anymore, right? Right. Especially that story I had about that drunk, uh, that uh, jailbird from Diebold. It's just a bunch of crooks. You go to vote, and then a bunch of crooks count them, and then uh, do whatever the hell they want and throw out the ones they don't like. And then uh, they come up with whatever result that uh, they get paid off to come up with. That's alleged, of course. <laughs> Everything is alleged. Just like our general manager is an idiot, alleged. No, I don't think it's alleged. It's a fact. Even you would agree with that. Well, I told you. Yeah, you did. But you just look at how close Chris is there with his thousand votes. Man, you must be tearing up a little bit. Yeah, a little. Are you? Just a little. No? A little bit. 968 on the Mark Huckabee. I mean, it's not the greatest poll question in the world, but it's worth asking now that he might be your next president. God forbid. God forbid. Oh, God. He don't want the constitution of man, baby. He wants the constitution of the living God. The living God, as in... Oh, God. Yeah. The living God. You know, you listen to these religious nuts. And I apologize for the redundancy there, but you listen to the crap that they spew, and you, you wonder, how come that they're running around on the loose? Why aren't they put away somewhere in a rubber room so the rest of us can be safe? I wish. If all the religionists were put away somewhere... I mean, securely, the, re- the world would be a safe place in which to live. And, of course, all the gun nuts, which generally they turn out to be the same pe- people. You read these stories about these punks that go out and shoot up a whole family or whatever. Well, they were a Bible-fearing, a God-fearing, Bible-thumping uh, family and went to church every Sunday. Yeah, that sure helped a lot. Maybe they were molested by the preacher man. You never know. Maybe that pissed them off and fired them up. I have no idea. Can I say that? Fired them up? Sure, for now. <laughs> well, call up Joyce and see if the go- you you know you might just make it. I don't think so though. It's going to be so close to be really aggravating because now I see they're like bunching up with chunks of votes coming in here to try to help us out. They're trying to put you over the top, Chris. Well, why don't we go an extra fifteen minutes to make up for that press conference? No. Nine seventy-two. You're only twenty-eight votes short, and we got like uh, ten minutes to go. Now tomorrow's a big day, man. Tomorrow's a big, big, big ass day. Sure is. We got the food coming in from Highlight Cafe, which is a fam- fabulous place. Great and food, yes, it fantastic. is. Fantastic. And 
before that, 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, we've got the book. Oh! The book. Not, you know, when they talk about the good book. We hope it's a good book. Sometimes it's a good book. Since Jolly Joe came along, though, it's been mostly a bad book. Been really a disaster. He is the master of disaster. Now, this book is for, let's see, October, November, December, right? It's hard to figure out who was, uh, yeah, the Humper was still around, and Jerks was still on the morning show with Joe, right? But Correct. I think Joe, Joe was, uh, he was here for the whole book, I believe. Correct. Right? When did he come back? September. S September. So he was here for the whole fall book. I mean, granted, he's no Kenny and Bo morning show, but then again, who is? 977, man, you got our, uh, I don't know, a marginal shot. If all the people that voted before would do it again, just help Chris out. Because he's underpaid, underappreciated, and under, uh, you know, when it comes to IQ. Although he did change that who's Maccabee thing. That was a nice comeback. 31 people said that, by the way. 31 people said, who the hell is my Huckleberry Hound? Who's that jackass? Who's that Bible-thumping cretin, that lunatic, that flat-earth a-hole? That's who he is. He's a Bible-thumping cretin, a, a nut job. And a Republican, of course, which I guess goes hand, gland in hand. So they've had three primaries now in caucuses, and they got... Uh, McCain won one, and Romney won mm -hmm. one, and Huckleberry won one. So they just can't make up their mind with a stellar group like that. And, of course, the Democrats, they had a pair, and Barack won one, and then Hillary allegedly won the second one. And then last night, it was, uh, you know, Hillary Hillary beat nobody and only got 55% of the vote against nobody. That That's kind of scary, you know. Like now, did she say why she didn't take her name off of it? Because she's a bitch, she's a conniving bitch, and because she wanted to give the uh, appearance, just like with this Florida thing coming up, although they're all going to be on a ballot. It's a cosmetic thing. They want the Clinton campaign, they want to give the impression that she's just sweeping her way to victory now. She's on her way, and she won a big, big industrial state, Michigan. But She only got 55% of the vote against nobody, against Mike Ravel and uh, little Dennis Kucinich, and undeclared, undecided, un uh, unimpressed. Good God, Swillery. That's uh, pretty weak. So we'll see what happens in Nevada on Saturday. Aren't you getting excited about this? Not. I'm getting excited about that food tomorrow. And I'm getting excited about that book tomorrow morning because I think we got an outside shot. we got 980 on your pool. Outside shot for some bonus money, baby, which would be really sweet. Oh. Biggest names. The best talent. I say this to Rogers. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The sports leader. In Miami Town. At 560 WQAM. 9.86. You need 14 more votes and you got three minutes. I don't know if you can do it or not. Give it a shot, okay? Everybody vote for Chris. Come on, everybody. Or not. George don't care. He's like... I don't care. Joyce is out to get us. Once you rape and destroy our show. Absolutely. Joyce is a fake attorney. Yes. Who don't know nothing about radio. Uh-huh. Joyce won't let me. Roger the Turtle. Juliet is wrong. 
995, I think you're going to do it. Choice won't let me. Like I said, you're going to come up short. 